0: 007, reporting for duty.
1: Why didn't you call?
2: You didn't get the postcard. You should try it sometime, get away from it all. It really lends perspective.
1: Ran out of drink where you
2: were, did they? What was it you said? Take the bloody shot. I made a judgement call. You should have trusted me to finish the job. It was the
1: possibility of losing you, or the certainty of losing all those other agents. I made the only
2: decision I could, and you know it.
1: I think you lost your nerve.
2: What do you expect, a bloody apology? You know the rules of the game. You've been playing it long enough. We both have. So this is it. We both played out. If you believe that, why did you come back? Good question. Because we're under attack. And you know we need you. Do you expect me to talk?
0: episode 34 of Do You Expect us To Talk? I'm your host Becca and joining me always are the amazing Chris and Dave. Hi. Good
1: evening. Good evening folks.
0: Our uh, lovely listener Bob Gagans, or if I've mispronounced that, recently dubbed us Becca, Burn and Bond on Bond, which we think is very cool. So thanks very much, Bob. Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the three
0: B's. Three B's on B, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. But don't don't uh, actually sit see, on a B because that would be quite painful.
1: Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anyway, this week we're getting mean and moody as we discuss Skyfall, starring Daniel Craig, Berenice Marlow, Javier Bardem, Helen McCrory, and introducing Into the Bond Fold, Naomi Harris and Ben Whishaw. There's a script by Neil Purvis, Robert Wade and John Logan, with a score by Thomas Newman, and directed by Sam Mendes and released in 2012. So, what do we reckon to Daniel Craig's possibly penultimate Bond movie?
2: Go on, Chris.
1: Um... I'm going to go last in this, so I'm going
2: to say, do you you guys want to go first? Okay, I'll I'll very quickly go first then. Um, Skyfall is is, is a really strange one for me because, I mean, just to make a very quick announcement, we will be including Spectre in the Rankings episode. We're going to do Spectre first. But one of the reasons we weren't originally going to is I I tend to think you've got to live with Bond film for a, a while before you know where it really belongs and wherever you end up ranking it yeah you might end up broadly liking it the same but but ranking it against films you've seen for years you know, many times in different formats is difficult and I, and I think skyfall's got the same problem but we're four years after its release and i still don't know it's always been in my top 10 i think it's a very good bond film but The film I most liken it to, not stylistically, but in terms of the way I react to it, is Seven. Because Seven, the David Fincher film, is a film that I saw once, really admired, but didn't actually like very much, but couldn't say anything against. And Skyfall's kind of the same. As we go through it, I will pick flaws with it. But it is, at a headline level, a very, very good Bond film that I just struggle to love. I'll leave it there for a minute.
1: Okay, back up.
0: Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I love it, but it's very much like a film of two halves. So the first half is also a typical Bond film, um, and then the other half is Home Alone, um, <laughs> which a lot of people have a lot of problems with. Um, but it was one of these films, that was, it was, it's quite kind of, the tone of it is quite sort of dour and quite depressing, um, but it took me a couple of you know, a couple of goes to really get into it. But overall, you know, it's a really good, solid film. I think it's one of Daniel Craig's best films, if not best Bond films. Um, yeah, a lot of love for this movie, for sure. Anyway, Chris, what do you reckon?
1: Mm, okay. Uh, well, oh dear. I I, well no, no, I, I feel I've got kind of almost ranted about it enough, almost. So I, I'm kind of very conscientious about repeating myself, because I've already said tons about it on this show and on other, on other podcasts. I'm kind of with Dave here. It's an odd one for me. Um, on the, on the one hand, I think, uh, it, it looks great. I think some of the set design, uh, some of the shots just look like, uh, just above and beyond what they've done before with Bond. I think the only parallels I can really think of is, uh, Honor Majesty's. Majesties, really. I mean, as much as I love, um, Casino Royale, I do think it is a better film, um, you know, it you know, it does go out, out of its way stylistically to get those shots. And you know, there was many times where I thought, that's a fucking beautiful shot. Um I also think uh, the score's re- really good. Uh I'm imp- I'm impressed by Daniel Craig again. Uh, I thought Judy Gent's last performance as M um spoiler alert possibly, if you haven't seen it, but I fucking know. Um Too late now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, she <laughs> you left
2: know. to run a corner shop at the end of the film. Sorry, folks. <laughs> I,
1: um, I think she's great. I think it's probably her best performance as M. Uh, but then she is given like a much more meatier role to 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 have. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I do. I do like the casting as New Yorkie. So I, I'm 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 kind of you know all all the actors all aboard are fine. I do like Bardem as the villain, even though I. The story kind of tells me one thing, and his performance tells me another. I, I, you know, and it's and that this is where the problems lie for me. I think, you know, it's a very handsome film, and it's a very enjoyable film to watch. It's very easygoing, but I don't think there's much there. You know, as much as I know, it's been lauded as like probably like the best bomb film. Uh, I you know I have to firmly disagree with that. I think it's probably one of the better looking bomb films. Oh, I um,
2: definitely think. I definitely think as we go through it, I'll be arguing that it's all set up. It's yeah. a situation, not a story.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's that's probably where I am. I think for me, I'm all about the story. You know, I mean, you, you know, you can you can film the film can like look like uh, sleek and impressive all at once, but in the day, if there isn't like a decent enough story there, I'm going to walk away a little bit disappointed. Um, and I think I think here, narratively, it is all over the place. I don't there's there's plenty of plot holes, there's plenty of things that don't make sense. Uh I think uh the whole tone of the film try, tries too hard. I think
2: looking forward to discussing some of those plot holes, Chris, because some of them I was able to fill in this time. Yeah. Um and, and there are get outs on it. I think what I would just say uh, I've completed my rankings in the last few days because obviously this is the last legacy review we've done. And we've all like been watching Spectre ready for the review and commentary of all that. So I'm ready. I've, I've done my rankings. And whilst I don't want to say where Spectre goes, it's the highest ranking Bond film I don't love. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to put it. That There's one or two below it that I love, but I can't justify putting it any lower than I have. And it's in a fairly high position. And it's because I, I can't pick as much fault with it as, as almost I'd like to. Not because I enjoy picking fault in things, but because if I don't love something that I should love, and all the elements tell me I should love, I want to know why. And there there are so many films around it. And as we get into it, the pre-title, the title, and some of the early scenes after that tell me I'm going to be watching one of the great Bond films, and I don't think it quite gets there.
1: No, I mean, I'd say I, you know, I'm, I'm with you up to the point where it's not going to be in my top ten. Uh,
2: oh, it's in my It's in yeah. mine. I will give that away. Uh,
1: the main reason for... I think this point my main issue is, and I, I think I've kind of already like, sort of said that it feels more like a tribute to Bond rather than a Bond film, and... I, th- I think that still stands for me. It doesn't feel like a bomb film. It's, it feels like it, it's a film that tells me it's a bomb film, but, you know, I, I'm guessing it, it doesn't have... I was, I was trying to think about it before recording, and it just doesn't seem to have the same trope, shall we say, that sort of, you know, the, the, the warm comforts, you know, that, you, that we used to get in. And I was wondering, well, is that my problem? Or is it, you know, or as is, is Mendes actually... Not I think, I think really we,
2: we're going we're to have to talk through it because I think the problem is I, I think at a, at a top level just talking about the Bond series as a whole and where we are with filmmaking at the moment they're in a difficult position because if they produce a Spectre which is like a better version of Tomorrow Never Dies in some ways <laughs> in that it's kind of a it is a little bit by numbers but I prefer it to some of the other films that are like that Everyone says, "Well, that's by trope, and that, that's an old, that's old Bond, and and all the rest of it." And when you produce a Skyfall, or something like that, or or a Quantum of Solace that tries something a little different, everyone says, "Well, that doesn't feel like a Bond film." So they're kind of a bit damned if they do and damned if they don't. Occasionally, in the series, you'll produce a Casino Royale, which is different, but it's so good you can't argue with it. Mm.
1: I know it's 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 kind of like things that I walked out seeing around, kind of thinking it's not quite a Bond film, you know. And but then it 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 warmed for me over the years. This kind of hasn't. mean, you know, I, I like you, Dave. I think when you said it's all set up, that's kind of what it was. I walked out and I watched like a quite a very entertaining film that I was never bored by. But by the end of it, it was like it set up Bond. and I was like, oh, I was all excited. Like, yeah, I'm, I want to see the next one because I'm not kind of. I don't think my my inner Bond fan. Was satisfied with what I've actually watched. I want to see what happens next. Now
2: I do. I, I I do wonder though, what would have happened if Dalton had done a couple more, and one of those had been.
1: Sorry, I just yes when you said Dalton did a couple more, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think part of the problem for me and you, less so Becca, because she really enjoys Skyfall. Yeah, um, is that when they start with such a strong one as casino royale that becomes almost your daniel craig bond film yeah and i think and and i think the thing is it was followed by quantum of solace which we've said everything we're going to say about and we had a lot of positives to say about but it wasn't amazing by any stretch of the imagination and then there was a four year gap so we're now 6 years on from casino royale it comes out there are always some reviews before you go to see it, and all the reviews were jizzing about it as like this amazing return to form. Mm. And I went in expecting another Casino Royale, and I think that set the bar too high. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think that's that's kind of it. Reached the peak, I think, because it was such a strong, you know, strong gap between Dine of the Day and this, and this was such, you know, it's like thank goodness for Dine of the Day because that was so pants. Um, that we have a real gem in Casino Royale that really refreshed the franchise. You know, Daniel Craig, into the Royal, shot him to fame. I mean, it's, it's not to say that, you know, I'm looking at Skyfall with very tinted glasses. I mean, that there are massive plot holes in it. There are things I don't like about it. Um, but generally, I'm a bit more positive than you guys. But I mean, there's, you know, there's still, yeah. you, know, you know, opinions. I'm going to say a varying. lot
2: of positives as we go through. And as I say, some of the plot holes over the years and the things that don't line up with Casino Royale I go, oh, hang on a minute, we got that information from there, so that's a bit of an unreliable narrator. I mean, no, that's it. and they're, they're also, obviously, well. but, also with, and, with, um, and, with
0: Spectre as well, there are aspects, obviously, now that, that go back on Skyfall, things that have been a like, hold on a minute, that doesn't quite add up, and hold on, that doesn't make sense, and the two don't tie together,
2: well, but let's just... Two, the two we'll get to, Becca, that I, I definitely... Uh, the one was about you didn't come from wealth. Yeah. I can answer that one now. Yeah. And the other one is uh, Bond being like a tech genius in Casino Royale and not here. And I can answer that one too. Yeah. Um, so it's not as bad as I thought. But the fact is, it's good enough that I can imagine someone putting it very high. I think it is a top ten Bond film. I don't think it's a great Bond film.
1: And Yeah, I think that's where I am with it. I mean, I think I am biased because, you know, I I, I like I, I love Casino Royale. And I even so much... As relation to Casino Royale, I, I like Quantum of Solace because you know even though it's not a great bomb film, it is. It's, Same it, universe. Yeah, it's it, it's still yeah, it's, it's still going in the direction where I still like it. It's it's you know it's like okay fine this one isn't so good but the next one probably will be better. And this and when Skyfall after the four year gap it felt like. They just rebooted again, almost, and I was like, "No, no way! I kind of like what you were doing before." Don't I wait. think
2: uh, I think we're going to get to it later in the year when we talk about. I say later in the year; it's only a few weeks away now. When we talk about Star Trek, yeah. Now um, yeah. I am not likening this to Star Trek Into Darkness because this is a very good film. This this will go. This broadly goes into the sort of section of of my rankings that I would call very good.
0: I think I think the, um, the two are very different films but, as well. I, I think but, you can compare them really.
2: There was an element after Skyfall finished of, oh, waited four years for that. I got that after Into Darkness. I enjoyed the first Star Trek film or the first of the reboots. Thought, can't wait to see where they take it. Waited an extra year while he did Super 8 and all the rest of it. And then I went to see this warmed over rehash. This is a lot better than that. But hype, the previous one not being um, that well received and a very long gap meant that... and, And also, like... I was always going to be very hard to please with this. There's some things stylistically and I don't like. And also, it's got the laziest promotional campaign. I mean, it really has. I mean, it tells you how little these things matters because yeah, it worked. it worked. yeah. Because it worked. But Chris said last week it's his least favourite poster. And I can't argue, it's shit. <laughs>
1: it is late. Like, it's, it's basically it's like what is was it it's was basically Daniel Craig lying down with, 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 his, with his gun and I was trying yeah. to think at what point is that actually in the film there's actually no I know and it, it's a wilder
2: background as well you just yeah. think well, you couldn't even pick an interesting fucking colour <laughs> no <To be> expected, <laughs> but, went with some weird. anyway let's discuss this film sequentially <laughs> okay I have to say at the very outset for everything I'm going to say the bit of the film that has me and really has me. Pre-title and title sequence, I think, are both amongst the best in the entire series. I think the pre-title to this this film, minus the gun barrel, which really pisses me off because there's no excuse here. Yeah, but I think this film has a terrific pre-title.
1: I think I think the thing with the gun barrel, yeah, I've said enough about the gun barrel, you know.
2: Well, it's not a proper Bond film without it. Casino Royale, it is because that is an origin story. Quantum of Solace will buy as a one-off experiment in sequel.
0: But even though even though Skyfall was like the you know the fiftieth anniversary movie, we still didn't get a gun barrel, and it's like what?
1: Yes, if you buy into the fact that you know they're still playing around that well, Bond isn't actually the Bond we know. And you know, by, by the end of this film, he is actually Bond now. You know, it's like everything's all set up. I suppose if you buy into that fact, because there's, he's still carrying some baggage, whatever.
2: Um, I just think, is there going to be a seven? There's going to be a seventh film in Craig's run, isn't there? Where he's in a nursing home because they're only about every three or four years, and he <laughs> fucks his nurse, and we old. go. Finally, he's Bond. <laughs> it's just like how far into his career do we have to go before we go? That's it now, ready to go.
1: I know. I mean, the, th- <laughs> the thing, though, so you've you you heard Mendes's, um reasoning for why uh, there was no gun barrel, because it just looks stupid, because you open on um, on,
2: uh, on bomb with and
0: a it gun. Has, it's a it shot look...
2: of him at the end of a corridor.
0: It wouldn't look silly at all. It wouldn't look silly at all.
2: Well, it would, because you'd have him walk across the screen and fire, and then whatever happens to whether it drops to a corner or fades out, and then you suddenly get him appear at the end of a corridor, exactly like a gun barrel. So I take the point, but change the fucking shot. Or, yeah, exactly. Or cut in later, get it dropped to a corner and when it pulls out, he's at the front of the corridor. Yeah,
1: and everyone's Ready to fixed. go in
2: that room with his gun ready.
1: Or, oh, or oh, I'd tell you what to do, you kind of like, you know, you, you do the gun barrel, everything goes dark and you, and you leave that. And, you just, and then like, have that you shot. You leave, like, kind of like a, f- a few seconds of like, what the fuck's going on? I and mean, then, because it actually starts with a dun! You know, it's proper like a jumping type. Yeah, the
0: sting. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, that would probably work better, you know, if, j- if they just did that. Cause, like, the way they
2: just they overthought were... it. Every... Yeah. The Bond films have had all sorts of different ways of coming out of that gun barrel, and yeah. frankly, everything works. I- I've never seen them come out of a gun barrel and go, that, that shit. It, you know, like or hate the particular gun barrel in question, it all works. It's no different than coming out of a studio logo. logo. And,
1: and, and, and to us, as a, as a Bond fan even if it did o- open up and it looked a bit shit, I'd still want the gumball. Cause it's just, it's just, I-, I want the gumball at the front. That's yes. just, just I the do too, and, and
2: and those listening who maybe aren't as big Bond fans may not get that. I-, I cannot liken it to anything else. I mean...
0: It's very unique within cinema, isn't it? I mean, I, I like you
2: know, seeing the Marvel logo at the part of the, the Marvel Studios films and stuff like that, but even that's not like it. I, I like to hear... I like to see the Paramount logo at the start of a Star Trek film. I guess it would look odd if you did an Indiana Jones film without the Paramount Hill. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
2: but there isn't anything like the gun barrel. It, the film is slightly incomplete without it.
0: And we Obviously, spoiler alert, we get it at the end, but it's just not the same. It's not the same.
1: No. But, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so... Uh, okay, so we, this is like essentially like the opening scene. It's basically the film's main action sequence.
0: Yeah, so the big action sequence in the pre-title
1: sequence. Becca, what do you think of the of the of this actually scene? You, you a day think it's like one of the best in the series. I,
0: I think it's pretty cool, but like, I don't like Emma's micro managing. She really annoys me. She's just she's getting a, you know everything sticking in there, and she's just messing it up.
2: What M? And it's just
1: yeah. She, I, I
2: don't raises, like Emma in the scene. <laughs> I, <laughs> it, to me, it raises the problem. If M can be in their era at all times, why is she not in their era at all times?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, it just doesn't make sense for me.
2: But if you buy into that, it does answer. Because one of the things we're going to get into, and I think we should talk about it most when we get to um, Severine. Yeah,
0: when we get there. But
2: the whole misogyny thing. And one of the things that gets levelled at this film is, it isn't just that Severine was a former child sex slave and all the rest of it. It's that the women in this film are deemed to be slightly incompetent and they need a man to save them. And Money Petty is held up as an example of right, where she had one mission in the field, and she fucked it up. Yeah,
0: she screwed well, up.
2: Well, on the one hand, we don't know that was her one mission in the field. She might have been doing that for the whole four years they weren't there. Um, but second, I think she's
0: been having a bad day.
2: <laughs> but not only that, the mission is going wrong. The mission is going wrong, and you've got someone hundreds, if not thousands, of miles away. In an earpiece, having to make a call when they can't see what's going on. So you've got M saying, take the bloody shot. When Penny is saying, this is not an appropriate angle to take a shot from. So no. if she fucks it up, she has warned M she's fucked it up. M has no choice but to make that call. And hence, it's not Moneypenny's fault that she's fucked it up. So I don't buy that yeah. she's just incompetent. It is purely no, no, circumstance. No, no, of course not, no. She drives during the chase extremely well. She handles the gun well. She stays in, in contact with M well. She hits a target. I know she hits Bomb, but from a distance, she hits two fighting guys.
0: Yeah, she gets a shot. Um, so. No,
2: I, I don't buy that argument at all.
0: Yeah, No, I, I'm not saying that she was incompetent at all. I just I kind of think it's, it's M's failure to kind of... So, yeah, you can't see what's going on. She's in your ear, but she can't. You know, she can't see what's going on. She's relying on the judgment of other people, mm. and it's just very poor micromanaging skills here. I believe.
1: I think. I think it's like you can clearly see from the from that point of view of the shot that you know it's an impossible shot to get. You know, you know, it's, even like the best shot in the world. I mean, they've finally got two guys fighting on a moving train at the time where like you know she's got a limited amount of time before she can even take the shot so the, it's, I, I, it's a miracle she shot anybody
2: at all she's got the time to take the shot plus the travel of the bullet mm. plus uh human reflexes yeah. of the yeah. two fighting yeah uh, it's, tight, it's really difficult
0: oh yeah the chase sequence i thought it was really I'm really impressed with it i hold it up to like the beginning of um quantum i think it is really strong
2: I like um, the score to this bit as well. Very sort of um, African influences in the score. Yeah, cause it's not so African influences, sorry, Asian influences in I was the going score. to say, hold on a minute. Well, it's set, in set in
0: Turkey, so you kind of got the confluence of the two.
2: Yes, so. that's what I meant. Yeah. That's what I meant, not African. I,
1: um, I, yeah, I just, I think it's very good. Again, it's like what I said, it's, um, it's very handsome, it's very enjoyable. But I, I did realise by watching this, um, this isn't like, and I, maybe I'm comparing it to like, the greatness, but I kind of missed like, there, there's a certain punch to what we had in that scene in Casino Royale, you know, and I was like, uh, that's kind of missing here and I feel like also, in the fight scenes, Craig isn't as so much like, as battered as he was, you know, uh, and I kind of miss that now. Um, and I just I don't I
2: have... like the choreography of the fight scenes in this film. So we'll get to it yeah. when we get to him fighting Patrice. Um, I'm quite happy to drop Casino Royale out of contention when it comes to pre-title, because that was a unique Bond film. He wasn't even a double O at that yeah. point. We've got a cold open. We've got black and white. It's completely different. It really, you need to be comparing this to Tomorrow Never Dies, Eye, The Spy Who Loved Me, For Your Eyes Only, etc. And I think up against all of those, I think it stands up very, very well indeed.
1: And I was, I was really comparing it to uh, like just as an action scene in itself to the chase scene that was in Casino Royale, you know, between the, uh, the you know, in the Maragascar with... Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, more on that kind of level where it's just, like, really kind of, all, oh, like, brutal and punchy, and it's just like, I was, it doesn't quite hit me there. It's, you know, it's... You know, it's okay. It's it's fine. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. I just I just don't think it's great, you know. Uh, but then again, this is Sam Mendes, who isn't an actual mm. director anyway. I
2: mean, I do. I mean, firstly, you've got Second Unit as well, but also, I mean, this is, I think Sam Mendes said, and I didn't do a time check on it, but I did listen to his commentary, and and two things about the commentary. First off, he's a very diligent director in that everything is thought through. Everything. Like it or hate it, there is a rationale. But the other thing is, he said it's 11 minutes. Well, that's got to be one of the longer ones. I mean, you've got uh, The World Is Not Enough at About... 14 and a half so it's a long pre-title sequence and it is constantly in motion when you think of the world is not enough as, as much action as there is in it you've got a scene in a banker's office which is a bit talky you've got a scene in m's office which is a bit talky this keeps going the whole time very impressed by it becca
0: no i i, I do love it i think it's um, one of the best ones but i think it is, it is i think it's like probably the second longest second or third longest i think something i think it's,
2: region, yeah. it's
0: yeah something about that somewhere um be, I would, quite rate the the action scenes for, for Quantum of Solace, for example, just the way that it keeps going. This is of the same kind of quality. Um, it's, it's very fast-paced. It just keeps going. That By the time you get to the title sequence, it's a welcome break, to be honest, just because it is so fast-paced. Um, fast-paced.
2: And you have what a lot of what's it, going on. Well, it's just like, I could see what's going on. Exactly. I can see what's going on. Yeah, precisely. You know, it's not like Quantum. Uh, I it, He uses proper establishing shots. The geometry of where everyone is relative to each other works Mm.
0: Um, it's, it's all very coherent it's not like a yeah. necessary shaky cam for example um, which has now gone out of vogue thank god for really. the only um, things
2: that, that don't make sense uh, on first viewing um, he effectively gets shot twice uh, oh yeah multiple. because platform. he gets a fragment of bullet from Patrice and then he's shot effectively through the shame shoulder yeah. by Eve that's not obvious shame shoulder uh, shame shoulder and, it's a sorry, shame And uh, what was the other thing The other thing is And the point was made um, The digger rips the back of the train off And not only does the train keep going But hmm. none of the passengers look that poor They
0: all <laughs> survive miraculously
2: Well, the fact they survive neither here nor there Because it's right at the back So I think well fair enough but no. it's like, at what point would the driver not feel that, or them think like, <laughs> "What's going on but... to my
0: train? What the hell?" <laughs> you know, it,
2: it's in constant motion. It's very well designed.
1: There's a random chain on the, on the top of on on the top of the sorry, there's a random chain on top of the of cha- of the, of the uh, train. It's like feels oh, like yeah. starts, it's like where did that fucking chain come from? How did I get here?
2: <laughs> I also like, and it's a really nice effect actually because you cut back to M, continually in her office with Tana coming out and just saying to anyone, get a CCTV, get a satellite, get us anything, because they're losing their feed, which is handy, because obviously if she was able to talk to Bond, Bond would be talking to her mid-fight, saying, hang on. Do this, do um,
1: this,
2: <laughs> But there's two things I like about it. Firstly, um, it's it's a sign of how far Green Screen has, has come. That, that looks like a location M is on, doesn't it? em I mean, looks, like looks like she's in a real office somewhere on the thames
0: there are some aspects of it that are just a, a little bit perhaps blurry around the edges maybe maybe during some during the fight scenes during some of the action sequences but generally no, on the whole no, the no, i no, is
2: talking about no no M's office oh the office scene looking oh, yes. out the window yeah
0: that yeah that looks accurate does, yeah
2: are you convinced that's a, that's on a location somewhere
0: I'm convinced, yes.
2: Right, it's not. It's a set, and that is green screen, and they've superimposed the windows on afterwards. I have no idea. Never know end, Where she's looking through the window, you see her side on with rain hitting the window. That's not real. No,
0: you'd never know
2: that. No, I've no idea. That's a phenomenal effect. And the other thing is, um, I've often praised points in this series, and I'll praise Daniel Craig through the film as well, where there's a lack of vanity and there's sure. a lack of vanity in judy dench's performance here they are showing up every one of her lines in her years she is meant to look frankly a bit exhausted as she looks out of the window here as yeah, her time is look... passing as so... passing
0: and that's that's one thing i think that this film does well because there's lots of references to bond himself like being old or you know the um you know the wo program being kind of not needed anymore i mean you know old dog new tricks as you know lots of references to like retirement and just Jeremy you know, James Bond being old and tired, and indeed, you know that's a metaphor for the franchise at large. But this, you know, it carries that on its shoulders really well, um, and it, you know it's making a case for Bond still being relevant, you know, in today's cinematic universe. So,
2: yeah, I mean, I will argue as we go along, it's actually nothing to do with Bond's age. But, oh no, um, no, not, not the age, but, certainly but the franchise about, it's cer- in general, certainly about his relevance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then we cut into Bond drops, presumably, we think, well, we don't think to his death, it's the start of the film. But it, it, it is a sort of four you could certainly die from. MI6 believe him to be dead. And suddenly a hand reaches up to grab his and we're into a, the title sequence, which I'm going to say now is, I think it just tops Casino Royale. This is my favourite title sequence in the series.
0: Casino Royale is still probably my favourite. Um, of of Danny Craig's ones, but this is probably number two. Um, would you would you guys reckon to Adele's theme? Do you love it or do you hate it or are you a bit like meh?
1: Uh, I'm okay with Adele's theme. I mean, at first I was a little bit meh. Mm, yeah, it's okay. It's a bit traditional, but okay. Uh, I've kind of warmed to it, but I still. It just sounds a little bit kind of weird when it gets to the chorus. You know, Skyfall. no know, it just sounds. It just sounds like I don't know, voice of an angel. Have to do it, but it's it. It just doesn't cancel. It just sounds just a tiny little bit off. Like and they couldn't find anything better, you know. I mean, I think I think the the start it sounds okay, you know. And but I think it kind of goes a little bit, you know. I always kind of like sit to sing Apple Crumble in the in the, in the chorus because it doesn't it just sounds It's like, the only Bond <laughs> you've done Crumble. in
2: the sub style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I (laughs) I heard it. I heard they released about 30 seconds of it at midnight, about a month before the film came out. And I really did think a bit like with Sam Smith at the time. I thought, what's this tumulus dirge? But as I listened to it a few times and then I saw it with that fantastically thematically rich haunting title sequence, which you could write a book about. There is so much in that. It's I've actually fallen in love with it. This whole title sequence, including the song, I think is among the best in the series. Now, I I like Casino Royale in different ways and and possibly as much, but this is a very, very special for me. As we come out of the title sequence, I, it's as as good as anything I've seen it, in the se- it, series so far.
1: It kind of tells what the the, the 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 story of the film itself, doesn't it? You know, it's got everything in there. It's kind of like plays with the themes. What happens? It's actually got, got Skypor kind of demolishing at the end. Well, the whole point, of... the
2: whole point is it's meant to be kind of his stream of consciousness as he mm. sort of goes into a coma, mm. yeah. Uh, which is not canon because those of you know, will know that those gamers out there will know that actually. After he fell off the bridge, he dreamt five previous missions <laughs> <where> <laughs> he played in some, like, piss-poor versions of Bo- uh, Bond films. Oh. Uh, 007 Legends <laughs> is a terrible game, by the way. And also, they pick a film per Bond, and, like, they pick, like, Moonraker. Daniel Craig does
0: Moonraker. What?
2: Yeah, it's... Crap. really
0: odd choices forget that's, that's yeah just don't play that game people it's, it's very, very good. but the point good,
2: is, but... is so it's it's all about what haunts bond and obviously we go through the wound as well we go through the wound and yeah. there's a little treat uh cheat because everything's meant to be from bond's perspective and that and Mendes wanted bond in the sequence so that's why there's mirrors in it so he can see himself and I just think it's thematically rich. I think the song is perfect. It's got more moving to me over the years. It's followed a great pre-title. And as I say, stop this film after 13, 14 minutes and, and it would be the best in the series. Because I get out, come out of the title sequence thinking there's not much better than this in the entire series. And every time I put Skyfall on, I'm excited by it. I just think, oh, this is fantastic. And some of the stuff just after the title sequence is really good too. So yeah, Skyfall starts really strong. Yeah,
1: and I think one of the things that always strike me is that it looks—it just looks gorgeous. Like it just looks really lush and beautiful. And as much as like all all the interesting stuff about like the the themes of the film, the the one the the things that stuff I really like is just like literally just girls and guns. You know, when it's like when it, when 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 the, when the camera got zoomed in with like the, the face of a girl holding a gun gun and it's zooming down the barrel. I think that is like eight. I was like, I've not seen this in a bomb film for like it seems like forever. It's like, oh thank God that's back, and it, and it just looks great. You know, it just looks so good. Um, so uh, yeah, Becca, are, are, you, are you with it on the?
0: Um, yeah, this is a much more mature um, title sequence, I think. Um, yeah, we kind of we've done away with the nude girls and guns. I mean, we'll see that next time when we come to see Spectre, because um, we'll have lots of hentai porn and nude girls again. But um,
1: tentacle porn. was. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is, well, well we, we, really we, we see more like naked uh, uh, Craig, really. Chat <laughs>
0: so, yeah, this, Craig. Thank you very much. Um, but no, yeah, this is much much more mature. Also, um, I do think that. Um, because you know it was probably, it's probably is prettier um but this yeah it's a lot more emotive there's a lot more kind of to it as well and it's all very much into like Bond's psyche and it's kind of very Freudian as well in terms of kind of like the imagery that it conjures up um but for me I just find it just a little bit depressing because you've got like lots of skulls blood death and dragons around me obviously because he goes to Macau but it's quite I, mean, I, I, I in terms of the song I, I love it though. massive fan love it can't find fault with it um but it's just yeah, in terms of the actual the imagery, it's it's very rich um, and there's a lot of meaning within it. But it's quite depressing in tone, which puts me off a little bit. But otherwise, you know, I, I think it's probably the second best in Daniel Craig's series for sure.
2: I wouldn't so it, argue with anyone preferring Casino Royale, but it does a few new things, as I say. Thematically, very rich, very very evocative. Oh, but sure. also the cameras moving forward constantly, which we've never seen in a Bond film before. So. Yeah. It, that well, new dog old tricks we uh old dog exactly new tricks old dog new tricks. trick that was it <laughs> yeah it's it, we've you know it, it's it's a new spin on something we have seen before but yeah i like the way he's dragged down into the, the ground in the title so he, I just i love it i think it's really really great yeah. what did we come out to what's the first scene we come out to
0: um i'm writing
2: oh ah, yeah yeah Rain again. It's rained in every Bond film he's been.
1: London always looks miserable and rainy. So it closed on rain, didn't it, with M, and then it's open again with him on rain. Um, how, how long? Do you know how long this is meant to be, though? Like, is this literally just like well, how long like a... has passed?
2: Yeah. Um, when she goes to see Mallory, he makes reference to. I, I can't remember if he says, "I get uh, three months." Is springing into mind, but that may be how long she's got left. As a handover, but I think it's been two or three months. It does get referenced by Mallory yeah. since yeah, that, she that lost the up. disc, and I can't remember if it's two or three months. But yeah, we are like a couple of months on at least. Because
1: I might be kind of be maybe spitting hairs, but like like ever since Patrice actually had the information, it's taken uh, you know uh, Silver three months to start causing the shit. You know, I don't know. It just seem and maybe I'm kind of being a bit picky here. But it just—I felt like there's an exaggerated length of time. But in terms of the plot, it this would have just happened. So I just there's a little bit of a jarring of connection there for me. Well, it's a lot.
2: It's very late to be writing his obituary yeah. as well. And if you're missing, missing, presumed dead, you know yeah. you either wait the seven years to declare them dead, or you declare them dead immediately. Surely, but yeah, don't leave it, yeah, at well. it It's fine. We come out of the credits. It's long enough for Bond to have washed up somewhere and got into some kind of routine in his life. Yeah, uh, still
1: ripped as fuck uh, though. It's
0: not like. Yeah, <laughs> still looks good, doesn't he? It? It doesn't look any like any less skinny or anything like that. He still looks pretty, you know. Don't mess with him.
1: It's not, yeah, it's not got a beer belly or anything now because
0: he's clearly drinking Heineken. Well, they're drinking
1: Heineken, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, product
0: placement. This movie is just product placement in out, in and out. So get used it didn't to it. Don't bother
2: me with this though, because when they said he- Heineken, uh, a typical tabloid reaction. That's ridiculous. He's meant to drink martinis, and I'm like, he's not going to go to the bar. No. In his tux and order a Heineken. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be a passing reference somewhere. You see it later with Tanner and Q and all the rest of it as well. It's done fine. He's just laying there drinking a beer. It's fine. It's yeah. um, so all good. So
1: good. But but before that, we got introduction with uh, Mallory, don't we? Uh, with M.
0: Yeah, he's the, he's the new M. In the Gareth movie.
2: Mallory, who appears because he's chairman of some committee. That's a parliamentary committee, which means he's very likely to be an MP. Which means he's likely to be a Tory MP, which confuses me as to where he ended up as M at the end of it. But okay, we'll go and on the to that. The He's government. effectively M's boss, and yet anyway, it doesn't matter. She is basically being told she's got to basically retire. It's go before she's pushed.
1: Yeah, retirement planning. And I don't know, but but I, you know, I think the film kind of tells me that we're meant to kind of like dislike Mary, but I never do. I never got that kind of vibe from it. Uh, yeah, we were kind of told. I
0: thought, you know, he was the villain of the piece in the first, you know, in the opening opening moments of the film. But I, I quite like him. I've, I'm, okay, I'm a bit of a bit of a Ray Fiennes fan, um, and I've wanted years for him to be in a Bond movie. And I was so pleased. To be like, yes, he's in it, and for him to be the new M, I'm just sort of like, oh, I'm ecstatic.
2: I actually thought this was quite masterful because what they did was walk a fine line because they've characterised him in a way that Bond and M can hate him. But two things. Firstly, there's a way when he stands up to say goodbye to M from his own office. that He stands up a bit awkwardly. And immediately I was thinking he's carrying some kind of war wound. Um, so there's a story there that we want to know more about. But secondly, there's a couple of times through the film, particularly when they're watching BBC News and the first of the, host- the, first of the agents uncovered has been killed that actually all he's talking about is accountability. And that's what committees are there for. They're there to keep certain parties accountable. You know, we've had Philip Green of BHS in front of a parliamentary committee the week we recorded this. Oh and the whole point is to keep him, keep you know, accountable to the voter. So I didn't dislike him at all. He was a pain in the ass in that he is an impediment to the way the M's of this world and the bonds of this world are used to doing things. But he's only doing it because he's there to serve his voters, or at least his government, or whoever he's accountable to, to ensure that people are doing things the right way. And what they've done, and you can see where this film came from, because in the two to three years leading up to this, there were several, um, not only was there WikiLeaks and all the rest of it, and there's certainly a bit of Assange in um, Silver, but even at a smaller level, there was an awful lot of cases of laptops being left on trains and stuff like that by civil servants. So the security of data and classified information was a huge story in the three to four years leading up to this film. And it is understandable that somebody in Mallory's position would hold him accountable. Hmm.
1: But I, I, again, he's not really relevant in like, ah, you fucked up, him, have you? <laughs> you know, he's, he's he's just very much like straight to business. Like, I understand you've had a good run. You know, mm. it's no, it's no, it's no, it's no, it's no shame in like, you know, just you know, in phone Italian. But I think it's one of my favourite uh, *Due Dates* lines. Is like, you know, oh, 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 what's it? She says, "I'll sod, I'll, I'll sod all that." You know. Uh, I'll leave when the job's done. You know, I love that kind of like. Oh fuck! I don't give a shit. You know, I've got shit to yeah, do but, but
2: she's in her seventies, and also it explains why she was in Bond's ear. Yeah. In the pre-title, because her hand, her fingerprints have to be all over this, because you can't ha- you can't have Bond out on a mission with say Eve, who and we we'll just call her Money Penny from now on. You you've you've got Bond and Money Penny out in the field. If they're just on some mission and lose it and then you see M being carpeted by Mallory, that doesn't carry any weight because she wasn't there. Mm. Whereas she is directly responsible now because Bond was in a 50-50 fight where he might well have got hold of it. They might have both died, who knows? But the fact is he might well have got hold of that hard drive. Um, But M's call made sure he didn't. Mm.
1: So, yeah. uh... It still surprises
0: me that we don't know who... You know, we don't, we don't find out that Eve is or Eve Moneypenny you find it even a name until the end of the film. She's like, Well, I'm Eve, Eve Moneypenny, it's like, Well, hold on a minute. If you went to work with Bond, did you not know who she you know who she is to begin with? He obviously like, didn't hmm. have
2: to email her at any point. <laughs> no, they have to the phone
0: or text her or anything like
2: that. He all just right, typed is, in Eve on one on.
0: Yeah. She could be anyone.
2: Yeah, that didn't really ring true to me. And the fact is we all knew it was Money Penny. Yeah, the, so. the one moment of doubt is when they cast Helen McCrory. And there was briefly a yeah. flurry of, oh, actually, she might be Money Penny.
1: Who is Helen McCorry?
2: Head of the committee that 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 um. Oh. Uh, when when yeah, M does her, her poem.
1: Oh, well, although she's a bit old for moneypenny, isn't she?
2: Early to mid forties. Yeah. Not that old. She's Damien Lewis's wife.
1: Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't
2: know that. Oh cool. So... Well, you you. You, we talked about it on well, that's fun black Becca. Hole that's cinema, a right? fun fact fun
0: fact oh, i love that, I'll that to the catalogue nice we
2: talked about it on black hole cinema when we talked about um oh yes uh whatever that film was called With horrible history <laughs> yeah bill what was it bill. called bill. bill bill that was it Yeah, because she was there and I said, we as we said then come oh, on no. becker it was a dropped remark 9 months ago why don't you pay attention <laughs> pay
0: attention david seven <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a busy 9 months you know
2: Please note, I'm not pregnant.
1: Um, You've said that! Oh,
2: she's had the baby now. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Um. Okay. um, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, moving on. Can we use that bit again, please? No, carry on. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we so we, open, so we see Bond in a bar drinking um, whiskey with scorpions, which is it's pretty cool to be with, fair.
2: Whiskey with scorpions. I didn't know whether you meant... In my mind, I had two images. Firstly, I thought there was a scorpion in the glass. And then secondly, I saw him with the band, the scorpions.
1: Or
0: <laughs> a, well, a giant scorpion life-size next to him going, so old chap, what's your favourite tipple? You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's that drunk. It's like everyone's just like... <laughs> he's hallucinating. That
2: slightly self-destructive streak yes. strikes me as very, very Bond. That is very. Yeah, we, he,
0: he takes risks, doesn't he? He's a big risk taker. So he's there, like, kind of betting, gambling, something mm-hmm. very dangerous that's most likely to him to get poisoned and die.
2: And the so... other thing is, the next shot of his, is him the morning after, and he looks bored, fucking stiff. Yeah, I mean, he, he's basically got a beach lifestyle, a fit girlfriend. Um, still not happy. And an evening of, like, drinking in, like, a bar with a load of people who seem to quite like him. And he's yeah, fucking he's... miserable.
1: He's no, still, still bored. Well, yeah. he's, just, he's just still drunk. He's like, yeah, more drink. You know, And uh, but how, where is he getting his money from? That's why I fucking know.
2: Perhaps he's still got diamonds stuck in his ass from... <laughs> oh, maybe. I know, oh, it's a Elementary idea. Um... I I just assumed, I mean, I've thought that myself a couple of times, and I just always assumed, well, he's an agent, he gets by. It's yeah. a bit like the argument about how did Bruce Wayne get back to Gotham in Dark Knight Rises when he's Batman. Well, he's yeah. It's he's like, just... well, yeah. he's spawned. He'll figure it out. I, yeah. I don't think, you know, getting around the world and getting by wouldn't be an issue.
0: No, he can go wherever he wants.
2: So. And he's not living in luxury, is he? No. He's living in a glorified fucking tent.
0: Like a beach hut or something. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I quite He's like this scene. Around. I quite like this scene. CNN stuff is done for real. We're reminded again what piercing eyes Daniel Craig's got. Yeah, Shot. really
0: blue eyes, mm. really
2: impressive. Absolutely. And of course, next week, turn. He turns. He does appear back in London.
1: He does. Very exciting times. Yeah, and he breaks into uh, M's home again. <laughs> again, yeah, it's like
2: again it's... a pine wood set that looks like a location. Becca.
1: Yeah, no, it's really,
0: really authentic. But I think it's funny how we sort of like. Oh, in casino royale it's like well if you ever do that again you know I'll have you caught martialed or whatever and then all of a sudden he turns up in a flat yet again
2: hmm yeah very very different scene very different house as well um
0: is it john barry's um, place
2: uh the outside is oh yeah yeah the outside remember, yeah, yeah no, sorry when she gets out of the cab chris and goes to like our front door
0: yeah
2: that that was john barry's house in london
0: that's I... one of my fun facts yay
2: the inside is the inside yeah. is a set. Yeah, but, yeah, the inside uh, is a set.
0: The outside of it is um, John Barry's former. It's residents. a convincing
2: set. I mean, that that seemed to be shot in a townhouse. I assumed that was a location. It was reshot, I haven't seen the original version, but apparently in the original version, it just had no verve and they were a bit too nice to each other. And I'm actually, really... Sam Mendes went to uh, the producers and said, "It's not their fault. It's mine. Please, can I do that again?"
1: I I, I really like the scene. Uh, you know, as you know, as much as much of the problems I have with Skyfall, this isn't why. I, I generally love this. I love the dialogue between the two. I like, uh, I, again, I like Judy Gench. Uh i they just how they basically kind of like just? He's got a chip on in his shoulder, but you tell like, there's like there's a general closeness to him. Um, and also, I, I just love that that kind of all like oh we're both played out. You know, like you know, well, you know, mm-hmm. too long, too. So you, like, speak for yourself. You know, I love that kind of arrogance. In well, <laughs> it
2: just what, of... Tells, what, what tells me that there's a camaraderie there? Yeah. it's not so much anything they say to each other. It's the fact that he turns up there. Mm. It, he could have turned up at Tanner's house. He could have turned up
1: anywhere. At...
2: He could have just he turned could've... up on a, a MI6, couldn't he? Just... It, yeah, it, 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 but he felt comfortable enough to turn up in her house. He knew that whatever tongue lashing he'd get, she'd be pleased to see him because yeah. they're under attack. The bit where they're under attack, we missed that. We missed talking Mm. about that bit, actually. Um, They are on the way back from Mallory. Uh, It's the MI6 service car. Um, She's in the back with Tanner. They're on the laptop, and they get basically, well, what later turns out to be Silver, basically manages to control inside of MI6 to get an explosion to go off from her office. And just says to her, "Think on your sins." Uh, lovely effect, and I never knew this. Uh, I thought it was just pure CG. When she gets out of the car and she's looking at the building, and it blows up, that's a model superimposed.
0: Yeah, it's a miniature. No, that's really impressive, isn't it? The CGI and the um, visual
2: um, visuals
0: of
1: this film is really impressive.
2: Yeah, it's a model with the CGI explosion on it superimposed yeah. in front of the real thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I you wouldn't know that. It's probably good. I think it's what goes show like CGI is best when uh, mixed in with uh, practicality. You know, so it's, we kind of yeah. like, use the use the two and just merge them. Um, I think and that's you, you don't know it's a CG yeah.
0: as well when it when it's seamless like that.
2: Absolutely, it's the same totally with editing. Terrific. It's
0: like a, a, unless you notice it. Mm.
2: I thought it was terrific. Um, but again, there's such a lack of vanity. She's getting a bit old now. Mm-hmm. You know, she she wants to get past. Even little things like she goes to the policeman and says, Do you recognize this car?
1: Yeah. And
2: he won't let her by. And seemingly, she's just a tired, old, helpless old woman at this Aww. point, briefly. And I don't mean to do, do her down, actually. She's no. still bored. The- if Judy Dench could still play M now without any problem at all, but the way she's characterized in this film, she's coming to the end of her time.
0: Yeah, it's the same for her and Bond. I think it's pretty much the same. You know, old dog, new tricks. It's all about kind of the, the kind of journey There's together. Difference in the difference with aspect. Bond,
2: though, is Bond is. I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, that's ridiculous. He was a young agent in Casino Royale. Now he's old. It's got nothing to do with age. I don't think. No. I think the whole point of Bond in this film is that he's a peak agent. In the pre-title, he is a peak agent, but a mixture of a bad injury and he's still got shrapnel in him at the point until he so basically picks it out himself. Yeah. And he's got three three months of heavy drinking. And it also reminds me of this is gonna be a silly comparison, but it reminds me of Spider-Man too. <laughs> well he just loses his powers. Well yeah, because he basically loses his powers and it's yeah. a whole sort of motivation and confidence thing. Yeah and there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of his heart gone out of it temporarily.
1: Yeah.
2: As soon as he like as soon as he's like heads back in the game. And he's fine.
1: Yeah. But I what does that equate to though? I mean, I, does there's, it isn't really like there's the whole thing with his training. Oh, he's not ready. And then once he's actually in the field, he's absolutely fine. The only reference to that is when we first meet silver and he tells him like, Oh, we sent you out. And you know, um, and when you, when now, you, the reason, work...
2: right. Like, okay. His general fitness level has dropped because he's had three months of like drinking and smoking and God knows yeah. what else. Um, his shooting skills are affected by the fact he's still got shrapnel in his shoulder. So when he picks out that bit of depleted uranium and gives it to Tanner and says, check this, you don't realise he's fine. And in fact, when he goes to shoot Severine and misses, you still think he's got oh a problem, but he hasn't. So he yeah. can still shoot fine, but his physical fitness isn't quite what it was. It,
1: uh, yeah, I just don't see, well, what's the point of it. If you're going to like have Bonds unfit and unready... Or have that be a thing that carries through the end of
2: the film until the end Yeah, but it's not about his fitness. It's about his relevance and his readiness. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um,
2: And and it's the theme of the film. The film is all about whether that double-O section, that way of doing things, the old way of doing things, down to him using a cutthroat razor, but it's broadened out to MI6, the double-O section... Yeah, that's, a man that's what in the, man in the field that. rather than a Q-type character. Yeah. Is he still relevant? Yeah. And to have that argument, you've got to at least present an argument he might not be. And, in, and a slightly injured, slightly out of shape Bond helps with that. And in fact, it leads directly to uh, Patrice's death. But, because yeah. Bond, Bond can't hold him because he's injured in that arm. I,
1: it's, it's, not, it's, it's, not, it's not very well... Yeah, but I'd argue that anyone would like wouldn't be able to hold him from like from the way he's he's he, he's old. You know that you know, the film does not represent it very well, and this is kind of like one of my issues with it. Well, it does, it can, no, it, it, does. Of...
2: no it, it totally does, Chris, because he, he is shot in the at the right hand side. He shoots with his right arm. You can tell he can't shoot properly. He's struggling to bear his weight in catch in pull ups. Then he jumps on the bottom of an elevator, and it's his right hand he can't keep hold of. And then when he fights Patrice, and Patrice goes off, he's got him by his right hand, and his right arm, because of that shoulder, isn't strong enough. It's totally okay. in the film.
1: Okay, all right, no, no, I'll, I'll agree because after what you said about Mendes, and you know, obviously you've seen this before. But what, what, I, what I, I feel, and you know, you know, I do I do now agree with you. But I just think it, the film should do. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. The film shouldn't have to tell you this. And and just you to rewatch it to put the pieces back together. Like you know, it it should kind of like have something in the story to make it relevant. I don't think the film does. does It
2: does. It does seem that a nice shave and him thinking Moneypenny might want to shag him fixes fixes him completely. Um, So yeah, I mean, as I say, I'm 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 less keen on the film than Becca, I'm more keen on the film than you. Yeah. I do think it handles its themes pretty well, actually. I think it does present... It's, it's not about age. It's nothing to do with Bond's age. You could have had a 28-year-old Bond and still done the same story. You, you really could, that if, if Bond had been an agent of 00 for a while, which is probably unlikely by that age. It is purely about... he's not in He's not in top condition, and is he needed anymore? And I think the point is that... That feeds into the whole Q thing. That when I said that, well, in Casino Royale, he's hacking everything with no problem at all. And in this one, he's a dinosaur. No, he's not. At no point in this film do we see Bond try to work some technology and not be able to. And in fact, the one time he's put in front of that encrypted thing, he's the one who says that's the subway. It's not about his skill set. It's not about whether he's um, technologically advanced or not. It's actually about um, rationale yeah. and the way the way he goes about his job. His job is a man out in the field. Q's job is sat behind a computer screen, and it is a debate between those two ideologies and the way to keep your country safe.
1: Yeah, and I think I think the dialogue between those two, when we are right like kind of moving on to the Q, on essentially the Q scene here, uh, which I I I I, I, I still kind of like. Um, you know, the, you know, I, I, you know. For, again, I, I do like this scene. A lot. I like. A new queue, I like how it's completely different to De- uh, Desmond lewen You know, I think it's it. You know, it, it it's a it's a welcome change up, and I, and 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 the, and the dialogue about the whole. You know, like oh, I can do more damage to you in the field in my pajamas, otherwise, you still need me. Sometimes a certain trigger has to be pulled. You know, uh, and that whole like you know, it's all not, oh, not
2: pulled. And but that's it's layered too because they're looking yeah. at painting, yeah. And you, you don't have to know what that painting is, but if you do. It uh, it adds an extra layer because that painting is the fighting Temeraire, which is basically an old warship being uh, uh, taken into scrap, Mm. which is totally in line with the themes of the film. It's a
0: metaphor of the film.
2: Yeah, Exactly. Um, so it's like,
0: like I was saying. It's, it's not really about it's not really about his you know how old Bond is. It's all about you know his, his relevance and um, if he's still able to do his job and things like that. And it's uh, uh, r- rather than fixing on how old he is. That was my argument earlier.
2: Sorry. It, no, it's it's about what it, it's about his relevance. So the relevance of his job, the relevance of his section, the relevance of Britain, in fact. And we'll we'll get to that a bit later with Judy Dench. And it's his readiness because he's sent out into the field before he's arguably ready um and uh m isn't you know they're not quite ready there's several points in this film where like people aren't ready for certain things Mm -hmm. and and we'll get to that but um i I mean it's terrific and and the, the casting of q was quite interesting somebody asked me about oh maybe six or seven years ago they said if you were casting q now who would you pick and I said, well, on the basis that Q would be a slightly comedic character. And they said, yes. And I said, someone we know. And I said, they said, yes. And I said, David Mitchell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> OK. All right.
2: And yeah. actually, as, as, physi- well. as physically different as they are to each other, there's a slight similarity in, yeah. in the way they actually play the role. I said David Mitchell because you want a you want a, a hint of uptightness, a, a lot younger but can deliver some comedy and also sell you that they are a bit of a boffin.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Yeah.
2: But I thought Ben Wisher was perfect.
1: Yeah, I think, I, think I, I, yeah I, I think it's the contrast from like um, Q from being no, like someone older to actually someone being younger and then just playing playing with that now. Um, so I think it's yeah it it, it it works fine, so it's a, it's a welcome change. I like, I like the gag of, like, you know, sort of gun and the radio, not exactly rocket science. <laughs> oh, sorry. Not no, exactly like Christmas, you, is it? Yeah,
2: you know. Um, he, and he, that's a brilliant... Like, I do have problems with some of the humour in this, but when he says to Silver, it's the latest thing from Q Branch, <laughs> it's called a radio! Oh, God, so cheesy. I thought, I thought that
0: Awful. Was, I loved it! I thought it was a great
2: oh, line.
1: It's, it doesn't really fit with
0: the
2: tone uh, of the film. There's, like,
1: a, oh. there's a few lines of dialogue that don't work, like, you know, like, oh, uh, what, what's your hobby? Resurrection. I'm like, um, well, that's a really? bit. Really? That's a bit. That. Really? I, yeah. Come on. like
2: pretentious. You a... might as well have said to him, what they should have actually had him say is, not what's your hobby. He should have said, what's the theme of this film? <laughs> <laughs> Resurrection. <laughs> and then he goes, Resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <that's>... Uh, <laughs>
0: Oh dear. Yeah, um, a yeah, yeah Ben Wishaw, well. definitely. No, I, I'm with you, Chris, definitely. I think now, obviously, before you had you know Desmond Nguyen, who was kind of the old crusty kind of guy, to Sean Connery's then kind of young Bond. Um, and now the dynamic is completely flipped on his head, and it works really, really well. I mean, there's probably not, I don't know, like 10 years or so between them. Like, ben Wishaw's is like 35, 36 or something, so there's probably even well,
2: five years or something between I them. I think at this point, there's probably about 12 years between them. Yeah, the gap Without looking, I think Ben Wishaw, when he was. Playing this was thirty one, thirty two. We know hmm. Daniel Craig was
0: 44. Uh, sure, yeah. So, yeah, a bit, bit of a gap there. But even though, I mean, it's still very much kind of like that, that dynamic has been flipped on its head. Um, And it's kind of, you know, playing yeah. it for, for all it's worth, really. It works really, really well. Um, Yeah, but I, I love the Q scene. It's, it's one of my favourite scenes in the whole Bond series and it's one of the best introductions of Q since Desmond Ewellyn, so yeah, I'm loving it.
1: I, I will say this, a whole, like, um new uh, Wolfer uh, that has the uh, motion grip, you know, it is a rip-off from Licence to Kill, has... It is! Has, it yeah, is! But even though it's like, well, that has no relevance to the film, it's, it's used, like, once and in in the fight, that quite frankly isn't that good. It's they like, have
2: to hand him something.
1: Yeah, but it's like, why couldn't you just, like, oh, here's, here's your comeback? Just shoehorn it in. You know, it, it didn't have to have... It's just like a little sort of thing, and, and plus, I thought, okay, well, this
2: is but gonna, again, this is going to be a long Q s- branch. So a Q branch can't really—it's Q. He can't really say to him, look, it's a Walter PPK. Well, you know what? Like, yeah, I am. Well, you familiar. know what?
1: It would have been a nice little uh, reference back to uh, Doctor No when uh, when. Well, uh, that's exactly
2: the point. I mean, I take your point, but fifty years on, we've got look, it's Walter PPK.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it—it just—it it just feels. Just well, I thought. When I watched it, I thought, okay, this is going to be like, this is going to go from now on in. Like, his gun's going to be like, you know, he, only he can shoot it. And they completely forget that inspector. They just go, ah, nah, don't worry about it. And you just feel like, well, what was the fucking point? Why did he even bother?
2: You know? It wasn't. At least in License to Kill, it was some strange contraption he wouldn't use again.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Even if
2: Dalton had turned up in the next film, it wasn't a standard word to bother yeah. him again. But, I mean, to be fair, it was just to introduce the new Q. Q's got to give him something, uh, and not just plane tickets, although he does give him plane tickets. So I was kind of all right with it. Yeah. My my biggest worry going forward, and we'll talk about it with Spectre, I think more, is that once you start casting good actors in in these roles, the days are long gone where you could have, a two minute scene and that'll do so when you cast ray Fines, you've got to use him so he's got to have his own little subplot and then you've got to have this whole bit with q and they meet in restaurants and all the rest of it and that could be a problem going forward it's going to start making these films a little bit overstuffed you've got to have actors that it's can almost to... put their ego aside and say yeah I'll, I'll happily turn up and do one scene that's two mm. minutes it's
1: um yeah i mean i, I don't See the problem in just doing like two scene. I mean, if I was like a in actor, I'd be like, it's like it's at least it's consistent work. It's like yeah, okay, you know. um But mm. you know, it, it it could start making a lot like Spooks. You know, it's like you know Bond and Friends. Exactly.
2: It, it is. It's not. It's not an MI six film. It's a James mm. Bond film. Yeah. And and that's my only concern. And the funny thing is, back in the Judy, De- uh, back in the Brosnan era and the early Craig era, where Judy Dench started being given more to do, and people complained, "Well, we just wanted to go pick up his mission," I didn't really have a problem because I thought I thought they used her fairly well. It wasn't every film, and I was okay with it. But during Spectre, where he's given his own bit with C, and they're meeting in a restaurant, and Moneypenny's got stuff to do, and I'm just like, I don't like this. It's a little bit too contrived. Yeah. Um, and it, it's my worry going forward uh, it, it, Q will not be used the way Q was used before where he turns up gets handed three interesting things and disappears but at this point the the one little scene and, and the way they used him later I liked
1: yeah I, I, I think it might be part parcel to how the last two films have gone in terms of how I feel it start to kind of be a bit more pandering to the fan base a little bit more. They like, so just want to like get the most out of every single aspect and, and play with like ideas and be kind of like, you know, oh, look, oh, 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 look at that.
2: I don't think it's pandering to the fan base. I think it is purely the realities of modern filmmaking where you get actors. I mean, we don't have a studio system anymore. You haven't got contract players who are like, Well, this is your two minutes. Mm. You sign these people on and their agents are gonna be saying, Well, all right, what money do we get and what screen time do we get? And if your Ray finds if your Ray finds agent, well, we just want him to give the mission, it's a it's a two minute scene really. We're gonna have a scene with him at the end where he just says, Well dad James or James <laughs> Shannon or whatever um, 007.
1: 007. <laughs> what are you doing?
2: Uh, and they would be well like where's his plot, where's his role? He's the head head of MI six. Yeah. Um I never found it as jarring with Judy Judy Dench as I now do.
1: It's I I think it's I mean I, I mean too fair we had two films and it depends how it's used going forward. Uh I think it's all down to the right. I think it can be solved with better writing, you know. I mean, we, we can still cut, bonk and go away and do his mission and, and, and cause havoc, and we still have, like, something that for him to kind of, like, do, it, like, sort of behind the scenes. I have a few scenes here and there. And, of course, I have throwing money penny in the same scene. It's fine. Um,
2: I'm not... I, I guess it's not the fact that they want to use them more. It's the fact that it felt a bit obligatory.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't... It doesn't don't, ha-
2: do, don't do it every film it, for a start. So, I mean, if you get... If Craig was at the start of his run now and it was Ray Fiennes and this team and they did four, well, let's not have M um, have his own subplot in every four, every one of the four.
1: It doesn't help the fact that the last... That uh, Skyfall and Spectre kind of have similar things like, oh, Bond's gone rogue and and this kind of thing. And it, it just feels a bit, like, samey a little bit. Uh, so, I don't know, yeah it's, I mean it's okay but, you know we'll, 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 I guess we'll have to wait and see what if he Craig does do a new one, I mean that could change things completely if he doesn't so um, time will tell um, so where, where where are we now? so like, right, um, as Bond's now sent on his mission, as he uh, we get established, uh, Bond meets Ma- Mallory for the first time in uh, M's office he he uh, established that... Uh, Patrice. Again,
2: uh, it, the, the yeah, that was very fortunate. He was shot with a very specific bullet that only three yeah. people in the world use. Was, you said, but that's okay. It, that's that's alright. It, it worked in out Golden Gun. At
1: least I did go to uh, somewhere like Rusty <laughs> Dance to find a <laughs> find a bullet.
2: But yeah, at least he did sort of choke on some like Reader's wife's, you know. Belly but I,
1: I will say this: <laughs> like, here's another one. Mike, and, I, and i may be being pickier, but Patrice as a villain slash henchman has no character whatsoever. I feel sorry for the actor who has to play him but uh I, I watched the a bit of the, the the special features on the Blu-ray and I heard um John Logan the writer saying, Oh I really like uh, the idea of like uh, the villain that, that that sort of has no dialogue, the you know, the silent villain and I was like, Well yeah, that's great. But this guy has no character. He is literally I like, you know, who is he? No one. He he's just told he's Patrice and he's bad. There's nothing to it at all.
2: What I liked about it is when they announced Ola Rapass was in it, apologies for the pronunciation there, because I don't know if that's right at all, but we're going to go with Ola Rappas. Oh, no. <laughs> right Okay, we're going to go yeah. with that. Uh, I, I, I did read on some forum where other people going, that's amazing, I'd love to shag <laughs> <laughs> oh my and, god! Um, it's obviously a I guy. You'd have got a shock if someone said, "Here you go, you can shag over." <laughs> <laughs> got him mixed up with his ex-wife. <laughs>
1: maybe it was Come No, um, um, he
2: has, he has absolutely no character. He's just a tool to get us silver
0: I mean, it's, just, it's, it's a bit of a kind of plot device, really, isn't it? Probably. Yeah. But I know nobody. Again,
1: I just think it's it that's another a down point for the film. You know, it's like we could, you know, we could have had something like an interesting villain, or you know, it's like, but there's no point to him, I mean, at least with Hinks, which he can... of the MacGuffin, really. He repeats it again with Hinks, but at least Hinks is kind of like, oh, he's, he, he's physical, don't H- you? Know, he's, Hinks is physically interesting. Hinks yeah. is memorable. Yeah. Sure. I mean,
0: again, he... I mean, uh, is, as an actor, you know, he's a good actor, I really rate him, but in this role he's a bit of a... hes just, Yeah, just a bit of a MacGuffin, really, bit you know, of so which again, is a shame.
1: Again, it's just kind of wasted. It's like, well, what was the point in, in, in doing it? I mean, but anyway. Um, so... Yeah, uh, we get uh, Mallory, and again, we're getting with sort of, like, held to the point that, you know, Mallory's uh, a bit of a knob, no-one likes him, but even though he shows no signs of of being a dick, you know, he just kind of, like, just yeah being honest, you know. Um, also, I, I, Dave, I don't know, or, or, or Beck, I don't know if you um, had an had issue with this, but, you know, the bulldog? Yeah. How, oh, yeah. How well is that established to you? Because I... When I first watched it, I think the first few times I watched it, they, they make a big deal at the end of the film about, oh, like, I, I want you to have this. And I was like, why? What the fuck's that got to do with no,
2: right? it, it? It's good <laughs> and bad. It, it, bad because I, I've said once or twice in the past that it's got, almost, uh, um, it's got almost another reboot feel to it because you've got Daniel Craig saying there, all the years, da-da-da-da-da, and that thing survives. And I'm thinking, what, all the years? We've never seen that in any other film. So it is new to this film, but it is set up before the end of the film. Yeah. And again, it's all part of the theme of the film, that it, it's old, it's ugly, it's part of the old world, but it's, you know, and it's a message to Bond that, like, keep going the way you're going.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's just, it just I think when it comes to the end, it's, like, a big point of thing on that. That was, like, a fleeting mention in one scene. And it's just like it's not worthy of that kind of like oh she wanted you to have this and that kind of thing. I thought well that's not that's not so well established at all. Um, so yeah, um, that's that's not one of my criticisms there. Uh, I've got that... I've
2: got Rosa Klebb's knickers. Is that the best? <laughs> <you>
1: can... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. So um, yeah, but again I like where he finds and, uh, um, and he says like when he just says don't cock it up. I was like that's a nice little. Uh, I mean I've. I, over the years, I kind of got excited for his kind of M because I like that kind of attitude, like, God, double seven, don't balls this one up. <laughs> it's, you know, like, kind of like this kind of, like, no nonsense, kind of different, like different approach to M, which I like. Um, so, yeah, we go to, what was what it, uh, Tokyo? Shanghai. Uh, Shanghai, Shanghai. Sorry.
2: sorry. Shanghai. They only shot the establishing shots there. They, they didn't shoot anything in Shanghai apart from establishing shots and so on. Everything Daniel Craig, he never went there.
0: No, that, that scene that scene where where Bond um traces Patrice like outside that angular shaped building. Um that's actually I think in the financial district somewhere in London, I believe.
2: Yes, can uh, shot in Canary Wharf somewhere. Yeah,
0: Canary Wharf, yeah. I was like, I recognise that. I, when I was there last I walked past it, I was like, Oh hold on a minute, I recognise that. Meant <laughs> to be Shanghai. But um it, it's very convincing, isn't it? It, it, it's, it is,
2: and you get an establishing shot where you see that um uh, the Chinese taxi, r- roof the, yeah. where you see the like the rooftop swimming pool and it cuts to yeah. a hitch. Well, he was never in that pool. He's going spend enough time in, in that it.
0: pool, if you ask me. Yeah.
2: He's spending uh,
0: more
2: time in it. Yeah. Um, still rocking his beard, though, as well. Still looking shit. I mean, they're, they're just laying this on a bit thick. I, I really just think, like, I know that they want this big thing where he, he's shaved by Moneypenny later. But, like, he's back to work now. Have a fucking shave. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, but he, you know, he's rocking, he's rocking a rough and rugged lug. and maybe it's part of the disguise. Cause you know, he's got a tail uh, patrice, so maybe it's like, um, just in case, it might add a little bit more disguise. So that, that reminds me
2: of the first that reminds me of the first series of Blackadder, <laughs> where he can't tell who the guy is till he rips off some extra bushy eyebrows, <laughs> <laughs> and it's suddenly the hawk. <laughs> um, yeah i take your point and it's fine i I was i do remember when they um when they did the press conference for stifle uh they were all interviewed and it was a it was a bit more traditional than spectre in that they were all sat behind a table with microphones and daniel craig was unshaven then and he said we're shooting today aren't we and and sam mendes said to him "Yep," and he said yep that's right and I'm thinking, really? And, and now we know what, why. No,
0: that's why, and, yeah. Yeah,
2: they were shooting all the sort of rough and ready stuff for, for earlier, earlier in the film. Yeah. Um, I think they probably started off with the M's office stuff, actually. Ooh. But, um, yeah, I, I think the Shanghai stuff is OK. It's certainly very pretty in a film that I don't think is as pretty as, as people make out. But when they fight in silhouette against that backdrop of lights, which is all superimposed on afterwards, as I say, that was studio shot, they are pulling their punches. And I can't help but think back to Casino Royale and the pre-title and uh, the bathroom scene and also the stairwell, where for all the world it looked like they were trying to kill each other. Mm. And this looks Choreograph. This looks like, well, I'll kick you there, but I'm not really kicking you. I'm yeah. stopping it. it shy. It,
1: it looks pretty, um, um, but then it's over too quick. The it's action like,
2: scenes are poor.
1: It's like, you, like you, it's over too quick. It's like, I, I don't know, I want it a bit more. I mean, I like it as like kind of start off, but, you know, it's like, we, we've had this uh, big action scene with Bond facing off this guy. Now he's finally con- confronting him again, you know, and, and like, oh, it's over, you know. It's, you know, he's he's fallen off the end of the building. It, lo- it looks great, but I just think, it, you know, it more could have been done.
2: Um, I just didn't think the action was that good, but it was clearly yeah, just yeah. trying to get us through the plot. And I don't have a problem with it, because at this point it was the longest Bond film. I think it was two hours 23 or something like that. Um, uh, it, yeah, okay. <laughs> I just think the actual fighting's not that good. Yeah. But we get to the point of the scene fairly well, and at this point. Yeah, it's alright.
1: And also, can I ask, what what is the point? What is Patrice doing? Because, like, like, he it meant to assassinate like the guy who's looking at the painting.
2: Yeah, that is a very famous stolen painting, apparently. Right. A okay. bit like in Doctor No. Um, what, yeah, another uh, and segue uh, what to a previous Bond film. Silver is basically selling it time and time again to upmarket dealers or whoever. Um, and picking them off so he takes the money keeps the money and doesn't have to sell it okay um patrice is being paid for that and the hard drive um and basically the chip is turn up to pick your money up
1: okay but I just i just thought, this up cuz you got like you know uh basically the, in the room, you got like Silver's men, so why don't one of them just pull out a gun and shoot him? I just don't understand what, why they had to get Patrice to come up with a sniper rifle from the ability, you know. Wouldn't it wouldn't be a lot simpler just to go, like, get him in the room, pull a gun and shoot him. I just.
2: Yes, it would. <laughs> you know? it, 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 very briefly, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a just you know. <laughs> um, I yeah. sat there and watched it on screen I thought. What's the point? It seems love just the extra effort, but what it's worth. Long <laughs> way to
2: say Severine, isn't it, as well? Yeah. She's back in Macau for the next Yeah. But, um, yeah,
1: and Sever- Severine is stunning, by the way. I think. Yeah, Severine
2: I... is really, really attractive, and she is um, not in the film a lot. We, we need to talk about the portrayal of her in a minute. Okay. But we we move on to Macau for the casino stroke bar scene, and. Bond turns up to cash in this chip to basically find out what on earth he's there for and mm. you know, basically get closer to the employer of Patrice. Very like something like For Your Eyes Only, just follow the trail and see yeah. where it takes you. Uh, they don't know it's silver at this point. But the entrance to Macau is lovely, where he goes in standing on that boat. You've got a, the music which plays on the Skyfall theme. But you can tell how they're reusing stuff through this series, because I can hear you know my name in that. And they go into this sequence, in, and I have to say, Berenice Marlowe is fantastic in this scene. Little callback to Casino Royale as well, because yeah. he tells Eve not to touch her ear. Yeah. He tells that yeah, guy in Madagascar. Nice little to previous movies,
1: I think. Yeah, I, I picked up on that as well, you know. Um, but it's, it's a nice little um, scene where they were kind of walking around each other, though. I, I do wonder, like, are they, that, are they being that, like, secret? Talking to themselves openly, like, oh, you
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> know, we'd already had the scene where, you know, it's did they, didn't they? And we're just but gonna say they did, over that because no, they didn't. Um, <laughs> you
1: no, know, it's like cause yeah. there's, there's no establishment to say that they did, you know, it's it's it, you no, know, it didn't.
2: Um, yeah, she's, not, she's not walking like John Wayne, like, <laughs> fuck me.
1: That was, no, the big
2: one you gave me last night, James, <laughs> and it's just exhausting. Not um, just yet. No, we'll assume they didn't, but they had a very flirtatious close shave. Literally, <laughs> literally
0: a close shave.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Sivrine has a... Um, they have a little conversation, don't they? And she basically slightly gives him an offer of saying, like, kind of, like, help me because, you know, I don't want to get out of this. Try
0: to escape silver.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: it's, uh, it's a really dodgy scene, this. Oh, I, I, I think I, it's, I... it's
0: awkward, but it's, it's tragic as well at the same time. It's
2: tragic, it's bang on it's right on the line for me in that mm. she does invite him back she's clearly a grown woman who knows her own mind at this point i don't think at any point she feels she would feel like she's being used but the fact is he is shagging someone who was a child sex slave and is still in one way or another a slave to be there to be used by men so i'm a little bit uncomfortable with it
1: yeah, yeah I mean, she she plays it kind of broken.
2: She's brilliant in this scene.
1: Yeah, uh, it's very
2: hard to feign shaking like that when she's holding the cigarette.
1: Hmm. It's yeah. I I you know. I think I think it's it's one of those things where I wish she had a bigger character. I wish she had was more in a role than what happens. Uh, uh maybe it's a good thing. You know, maybe you know, but. You know, it's it's. I, I I would like to see more of her character play out a little bit. Um, but anyway, what what we get is what yeah, we,
0: we get. Yeah, we We don't really see too much of her, and then yeah. kind of she's gone. She's gone kind of too soon. Um, but yeah, she's a really um, she's an excellent actress, and we we see her. No, not enough in this film. We could, she could have done with a whole you know role being built up there. She yeah, uh, she, which is a real, real shame.
1: It's it's a shame she kind of becomes essentially the Bond's uh, obituary, uh, <laughs> it's Sorry, really like. Should we say con- contractual shag in the film? You know, um, yeah, which is okay, fine. Like,
0: um, like Stephanie Sigman, inspector. Literally, she's gone, and that's it. <laughs> you see her,
2: but at least I've always argued with Stephanie Sigman, inspector. It's pre-title, and pre-title can be throwaway. I mean, yeah, true. To be fair to, you, to, be fair to you, Becca, you've been saying that since the film's released, and I, I don't, you know, I'm not disagreeing with you because you've been very consistent on it, and I see your point. But to throw away a woman that you meet an hour, I don't know, let's just say an hour into the film and she's gone after an hour and 15, and those are totally made-up times, by the way, is totally different than someone you meet after a minute and you get rid of her after three or four. No, um, it. And it's pre-title anyway, and, and often pre just It's just the, fact that,
0: just the fact that she was kind of built up and also Stephanie Sigmund's in this role, you know, Oh, and then he's, he's like, OK, so she's playing quite you know. A I don't even know who she and is. And for a second. It's like, what?
1: I don't even know who she is
2: estrella in the pre-title yeah, sequence no, no. yeah so she doesn't even,
1: even have a name exactly, I, 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 know, I,
2: know the, like, I know the character but
1: i actually don't know the
0: actress i might no i didn't either no but it's the same with like bernice marlowe as well i was like unless well I know unless you kind of follow her career we well, you know you know she's, and it's like built up
1: built up
2: and i can't bernice think bernice well, marlowe was sold as the big bond girl in this um, yeah exactly well she is comparatively but um yeah i mean she's got what one and a bit scenes Two mm. so in a bit scenes it depends how you count them the the, the scene at the casino's superb and then there's a brief bit on the boat where they're casting off mm. and then another brief bit on the boat where she's in the shower and then a brief bit at silver's island and that's it
0: but she still makes an impact though yeah
2: definitely
1: definitely um so yeah okay so, so they they have a shag in the shower um Pretty which much. I mean, like Bond kind of just sneaks on, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's perfectly fine. Cleans <laughs> off her crusty jugglers. <laughs> and <gentlers. laughs> oh um, and, and I basically get taken to Silver. and Now, essentially, uh, Serene's actually asked Bond to kind of come come with me and kill him for me. Essentially.
2: Yes.
1: Uh, I, it's it's not kind of an effective plan, because, you know, I'm not quite sure what the plan, because the obviously... The uh, boat is full of henchmen. Well, it loses
2: the element of surprise, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. When you turn up on a massive great boat and then walk into an open fucking square, yeah. the chances are they might see you coming.
1: <laughs> I, 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 I could tell you a joke, but I won't. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, Bond is basically held captive. Light. Before they even get the island, the you know, guys turn up with guns, and it's like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, and we get introduced to uh, Silver, essentially. Um, now, I think this is a good opening scene for a villain.
2: I think it's a great opening scene. I mean, it's easy to take for granted because
0: I think villain monologue. It's just easy. Yeah,
2: it's not even the monologue. It's For me, it's it's the shot. It's the whole single shot, him right into it, and then him chatting to James, uh, the whole interplay, the bit where he says, what did you get on your shooting? And he's like, no, no no, no! And he goes over his computer, and he plays every element of that scene terrifically.
1: Yeah,
0: brilliant, isn't it? I think it's the best film, best performance in the entire movie. I just love it. He's perfect as Silver, superbly creepy, and I just love every second of it.
1: I I agree with all you. Um, I like how he plays with Bond sexuality. I'm not sure if he's actually a little bit, you know, or whether he's just. Mind fucking with him a little bit.
0: No, that's really clever, isn't it? It's Like, what makes you think it's my first time? Yeah. You think, oh, really? No. Oh,
1: oh Mr. Bond. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah, and the whole like uh, MI6, <sighs> yeah, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah. every mannerism, isn't it? It's all it's
0: just—it's really imbued. It's just, oh, it's, yeah. it's amazing. I love this film.
1: My main issue, and it's not—it's pom- not my issue with uh, Javier Bardem. You know, I—it's down to again, it's down to the story. I don't. We, the story kind of tells us like, Silver is the dark side of Bond, but it's like essentially what could happen to Bond. You know, you know it's like, and I just look at those two characters going, "No, they're not."
2: I think we've superimposed that on afterwards. I, I was that ever said in an interview? Because I don't believe that at all. Because he wasn't a double O. He wasn't ever a double O. He was basically one of her agents when she was in Hong Kong.
1: Okay. Well, I've, I've, I've you, i I You could kind of see how he's like Bond
0: going bad, though.
1: I have definitely kind of read. Uh, or, or or heard stuff. I, I think maybe in comedy or something. I'm certain of it. I don't know. I'm not just like. I, I just
2: think it's. I think it's much more the sort of. It's a mixture of lots of different things. It's a mixture of the sort of Julian Assange's, David Shaler's and people like that who were like yeah. in the security services and then started leaking stuff. Um, he started doing whatever the hell he wanted, but he was never at any point Bond. And he's not as blunt as Bond either. And I don't know if Sam Mendes said that. He may have done. The, the, the whole blunt instrument thing that dates right the way back to the Casino, Casino Royale novel. Bond is very blunt. Silver's very surgical. He's very, very precise in the things he does yes. and how he does them. So, no, I, I, don't, I don't see him as a Bond analogue at all. The only, re, the only link to Bond is he was an agent too. Well, the only point of him being an agent too is there's a link to end.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's what they're trying to go for. It's that whole like, oh, you know, she, you know, I was her favorite, you know. Now you're her favorite, you know. This kind of drawing parallels between the two and like, you know, now, you know, it, it just, it just feels like, you know, they're comparing them as like we're the two rats, you know. So what should we do? Should we eat each other? You know. Raise um, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> um, eyebrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just. It just doesn't. Mar- it do not quite marry it's the story of what the film tells. I just maybe I just don't buy him as like a former MI6 agent. A former, I former buy him as a like a maniacal madman, crazy person, and I don't buy him as a hacker either. I don't. You know, I mean,
2: he's meant to be Julian Assange to a degree. Yeah. And they've looked at Julian Assange and went, well, he's got floppy blonde hair. And they put it on yeah, him that's, that's as well, and I'm bit thinking bit. that doesn't fucking work.
1: Well, well, that was Bardem's <laughs> idea. I think they weren't he was going to have his normal hair, but then Bardem said, like, "Ah, oh, I'm going to have had his
2: normal hair. I know he's camp as a row of pink tents, but like, <laughs> but leave his normal hair. That would have been fine. But yeah, it's okay. I mean, at this point, I thought it was a great sequence on an interesting set, a, a different sort of spin on a layer. I like this to this point. I like this. The problem we get now and we really need to discuss is what happens to severine next yeah this film has been called misogynist and we ought to kind of address it okay. That basically she's a sex slave and a sacrificial lamb and there's talk about bonds throw away what a waste of good scotch line and how callous that's deemed to be
1: okay um, I'll go first and say I have no problem with it whatsoever. I never had a problem with it. Uh to me it kind of suits Bond as a character. It's not it's not I don't think in the saying that Bond did, never gave a shit about Saverine. I think it's the opposite. I think it's that kind of you know, it it's you know, I I always say it's like it's not what he says; it's what he does straight after it. It's that kind of like I throw a flippant comment to kind of catch catch them off guard, and then I'll just go like 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 a blunt blunt instrument. He just goes smacks him, kills everyone. You know, because Bond is a fucking badass. At the end of the day, it just seems like a very Bond thing to do. You know, like you know, he he, he can tell that like, he 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 didn't shoot um severine Misses kind of misses on purpose or he couldn't shoot the glass right or whatever but he didn't want to hit um severine silver just kill just flat out shoots her saying well you know i think i got closer what, do you, what what say you and he and he says the line to kind of be a bit more right I'm about to you are about to find what i really say by my actions rather than the flipping comment that i made you know mm. so that's that's what i think you know it's it, the flipping comment is more of a ruse you know, it's a bonds thing to do, but it's it's more for like, you know, I'll I'll it, I'll show I'm not I'm not hurting, uh, but I'm gonna kick your ass now. You know, that kind of. Thing. So, so Becca, the,
2: the treatment of both Severine and Skyfall more widely misogynist.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> um. No, it's just it doesn't. Kind of fit like in this day and age, really. I mean, it's the first time we kind of see it in Craig's kind of era, because um, so far all the women, so far, have actually meant something. Um, even go back to Stephanie Sigman, and me, she, you know, she's kind of blinking and you miss it, but she doesn't die or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I, not, the treatment of Severine doesn't really sit well with me. Um, but I just, I just think it just it adds up to the whole, you know, tragic nature of her character. Really, it kind of it fits in well, like with the tone of the story, and this you know, as a as a, um, as a coda to her story as a whole. But it just, I do think it is a little bit misogynistic. But it, that's Bond, you know, in a nutshell. There it is.
2: I genuinely don't know what to think of it, if, if I'm honest. I, I think the wider point about Skyfall in general, that the women are all incompetent, well, that's bullshit. Um, Judy Dench and, uh, sorry, so M and Moneypenny, uh, in their failings, they are, their failings are both specific to very set circumstances, and they're understandable, And the scrutiny Emma's put under afterwards is very much part of the modern world in which she finds herself, more than she's just some clumsy, failing woman. That's not the case at all. In terms of the treatment of Severine, I thought there was a certain bravery in presenting her as a former sex slave, child sex slave, because there are sort of puritanical elements of the audience that that would put off immediately. Oh, God, Bond's going to shag that. You know, and um, so I thought that was quite brave. I do think the whole shooting, I think, was unnecessary. I think there was a different set piece you could have done there. Uh, do I think Skyfall is particularly misogynistic? I am not the expert on that, and I'm not necessarily the most reliable opinion. But I tend to think not, but I'm a little bit uncomfortable with where Sever- how Severine ends. I, I,
1: I think it's more... Th- to do with like how everything else you know had she had a, let's just say a more fulfilling role and this happened after this you kind of get a bit more engaged with the character she, it, what
2: it, what, so if she'd had like Vesper screen time
1: not maybe not quite that much but you know what I mean something that's a little bit more like fulfilling that makes you oh I kind of like get you a little bit more attached to her get like you know a little bit more her as a person just a little bit more time it makes you think uh, alright she's going to be like in, in this quite a bit Oh no, she's not. And that, and I think it's more used as not necessarily um, as a dismissive way, but in a kind of it's. I think it's more used in a, in a way that you meant to like dislikes Silver. You know, it's like a oh, well, this guy's clearly twisted. You know, and and it's meant to be like a oh crap. You know, the Bond girls just got killed. You know. Um, So I think there's there's elements of that. I think the problems have played... And
2: in the film's defence, they haven't crowbarred in another woman for him to shag at the end. Yeah, They leave it there. So I I do have some issues with it, and I think it is a waste of the material they have there. But at the same time, I've watched countless Bond films where they sort of dragged the woman through scene after scene after scene to get her to the end of the film to shag Bond, and now the stuff she was in was unnecessary. And I think, well, she's not going to be relevant to the story... Do you need... You need to get into Silver somehow. This is all just about Passing Buster for me.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe they introduced her earlier on. Like, you know, as a, as, maybe she has played a bit more role earlier on than you got to this point in the film. You know, mm-hmm. maybe that would have worked out better. Yeah. Possibly.
2: Yeah. One scene, he spots a vulnerability, he shags her, and then she's killed. Yeah, that's a bit... For this, for the, for the quote-unquote main Bond girl, and a lot of people say "Well, M's the main Bond girl in this, but M's not a Bond girl. Let's not be silly." Uh, but in terms, of, <laughs> in terms of romantic interest in this film, she she is the, the the sort of main one, and yeah, it's a little bit wasted. But then we get, then we uh, then we go all Dark Knight. Does,
1: uh, does 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 uh, Daniel Craig start
2: doing "Why, Mister? Why the Yeah, he says, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Surely he must have friends." <laughs> <laughs> Rachel. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, they get him back to they get Silver back to MI6 and put him in a glass cage, and oh, that's all. That's a bit dark night. He turns um, into
0: Hannibal Lecter a little bit, doesn't
2: he? I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: I don't know what I think of all of this stuff. Certainly, the underground MI6. See, this is where
1: it gets a bit you know, silly. S-
2: well, stylizing against what works. I mean. If I look at The World is Not Enough, they blew up a part of MI6 and they all disappeared to a castle in Scotland, which looked great, but I think, is that what you... This makes more sense, go underground in London? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this makes sense, but it doesn't look anywhere near as good. I don't know what I think of all of this, to be honest with you. I certainly think the film takes a bit of a nosedive after this point. I,
1: did, I think this is where the plot... Cause yeah, for this me, this is where it off up a little bit. See, like, you, got, okay, you get introduced to this... Uh, uh, you know, this really good villain, you know, it's like, oh, I wonder what his plot is. And it's cause so far, he's playing a game, he's like, you know, revealing stuff and he realises his, his plot's kind of a little bit um, plot-holy, to say the least. And what his, his main, basically his main goal is to kill them. It's like, well, yeah. what's, why given the fact that his ability to blow up MI6, why couldn't he, if that's all he wanted to do,
2: no, he wants to. He wants. He wants M to acknowledge him and to be looking her in the eye when he kills her.
1: Right. Okay. So. Why... So he,
2: he can't he can't just blow MI6 up while he's sat in you know a yeah, car yeah. somewhere.
1: Well, he's, well, 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 well he, he was perfectly. But he can. Like...
2: But that's not that's not the plan. <laughs> he was perfectly wanting in to fact, shoot he himself knew, he very, as well. <laughs> he, very, he very nearly did it at the hearing, but he just got momentarily a little bit emotionally overwhelmed. Yeah. So
1: basically, the whole thing is to kind of like to get him to be in London to shoot um Essentially,
2: kind of, I guess. It's a bit, it's all a bit convenient. This, you know, the tube train. It's like, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got. I mean, he got away, and Bond was chasing him, and you think, well, they had to catch you leaving. I mean, what if Bond hadn't been there? It just. Yeah. And and
1: and you know exactly the same time with that train supposed to come in there and all that stuff.
2: No, he uh, presses a button to get it to do that. I think, but it. Yeah. It, that's neither here nor there. It's the fact that not only will you know exactly where they go, ex- your exact escape route. I mean, what if they stick you in a different cell, other side of the building? Yeah. You're just like, oh. Different escape escape and and how,
1: how did he kill the guards as well? there's like it was, like, you know, with what? I mean, they were armed as well. So how did he? They... Maybe what? they're inside men. You don't know. Yeah.
2: It's... Oh, well, what, what? What? And they killed themselves. That, that <laughs> they just dropped down dead. They just dropped. <laughs> yeah. Well, no,
0: uh... no, but they kind of, you know. You know inside insiders, you know, pretending. But
2: know. <laughs> it's tomato ketchup really. Bond runs in and goes, Can you smell daddies?
1: And I've <laughs> got I've got a this, like nice little plug and play hack like, you know, I'll plug my computer in and just like that instantly just hacks everything, you know. It's just yeah. you know wait it's like it is guide to hacking.
2: And it's like well oh, most would you plug it in these days? Yeah, it's it's all a bit mm, chill. Moves along, all right, and, and the basic principle of he gets there as a bit of a setup in order to get out a certain way. Fair enough, but it's like it's a bit too busy. it coincides it's a bit... with her hearing, which he's already got a plan to take account of, and all of that's. And we know public figures don't always to even turn up at these hearings. No, um, so it's all really contrived from this point.
0: It's very contrived, and it's all just a big setup. Um, but you got, you got that guy when, when the are um, chasing silver on the tube. You have got that stupid man. He goes, "Oh, he's keen to go get home." It's like, what the hell? Stupid, random with your one liner. What the hell is all that about?
1: Yeah, and, 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 his, and his follow-up line is like, "Health and safety isn't that good," for he, but it's like, okay.
0: Yeah, it's like, "Oh, I'm health and safety," and it's like, "Oh, it's just you can't think." He doesn't really hold up to, to scrutiny, really. Um, and there's a scene when you know when when the um, when the The tube train derails and just goes, you know, through the through the roof. It's like, well, hold on, the power supply is connected to every single of those trains. It's clearly broken, so the power supply wouldn't be connected, and also the train is empty. But there's a driver. There's a driver. Who is it? Was it? You know, was that the driver that that Bond spoke to, or is it? You know, a silver stooge, or who is it? You know, what what becomes of him?
1: I I I I just wait to like it's, it's like it's 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 the same tram uh, driver who's um is like the tram driver in Coronation Street when the tram crashed over. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, there it's was a, there was a note that he survived, so yeah, I'm just gonna rule it out as that's the same thing. But I again, I do I did I, I, I did I did notice I did notice um the like uh, the call back to uh, what Bond said to him about the radio. It's like oh, it's a new gadget at a uh, radio, you know. Um, and then and the thing oh, yeah. blows up. So that was like kind of uh, a thing. But the, yeah. the only
2: problem I've got with the humour in this film, compared to say Spectre, is it, it 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 stands out as inconsistent with the tone of the film, and it looks like exactly what it is. In that they had the script pretty much done, and then they were like, "We need to get more humour in this," so they crowbar in a few jokes that don't really fit. And it's not that they're bad. When I was at the cinema and the guy went, he did a hurry to get home, that got a laugh. <laughs> Health and safety got a laugh. Yeah. Uh, it's a radio got a laugh. They're very not cheesy. terrible lines by the standard of Bond. Not, for, not to my mind. No. But he's just shot this woman. It's called, called a radio. Um, yeah, really? It's not, it doesn't fit with this film. This is a very sombre film.
1: I think I think what I think it does walk along the line of being um like enjoyable but like bounces off being enjoyable enough um but you think about like the what what happens like, within it and it just doesn't it kind of loses it it doesn't make sense but it kind of covers it up well because it's quite um it, it you know it goes it looks very nice and it can, and, it, and it's got a good pace and you know it's never really boring you know it's it's almost effortless to watch really but it's just you know the it's the the meat in it is a little bit like unsubstantial yeah you know, should we say but
2: yeah I mean we we've had we've only had a couple of bits of silver causing mischief so far really we've had the MI six explosion and also he's leaked a couple of the names so a couple of agents have been killed but he's caught almost instantly and then he gets away and then suddenly he knows exactly where to go because M's at this hearing. Mm-hmm. That hearing's terrific. I mean, I, it's, it's, it lacks any subtlety because you've got her explaining, you know, you've had a Mallory say to her earlier in the film, you know, we can't live in the shadows anymore. Mm. And she actually echoes that dialogue, explains why, and you get lots of very, very obvious reaction shots of Ray Fiennes' character getting it. Well... I sound like I'm knocking it there. Well, I'm not. How else would you do it? I mean, it, it, that's exactly what you're supposed to show us. Yeah, exactly. But I thought the poem was perfectly timed. It fits with the film. And again, it's layered. In the, It's like looking at the fight in Temeraire. If you don't know what it is or what it's there for, doesn't matter. It's just a scene with Q&M. If you don't understand the, or don't really bother listening to what she's saying, it's just a bit of poetic mm. defiance at a hearing that she's just been slaughtered at. And it's a nice accompaniment to Bond sprinting to get there in time.
0: And again, it fits so, in with the whole, with the whole, um, method of, you know, being being relevant and perhaps being not as as great as it once was, but still being very relevant and very
2: important. That's perfect for the theme of the film. But what I'm saying is, if you got none of that, then fine, It's it does make nice, a difference. It's just a nice little poem.
1: It's a nice accompaniment. It's a nice little um, part. of The whole scene itself is a nice little part for like. Characters get to get it like uh, you show. You actually see Mallory kind of like you know. Stick up for um, uh, a bit more, so that we like, goes like, "Well, in <laughs> the sake of variety, wouldn't it be nice to hear from the witness and go kind of like, mm. 'Well, let's,' you know?" And you get like kind of like nod and saying, "Well, thanks," you know. Yeah, and, thanks for that. And also when in the shootout part, you know, you kind of have M- with M- 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 Mally's kind of like took a bullet for essentially for M, yeah. And uh, you have him kind of like like uh, in the corner, kind of managed to get hold of a gun. Bonds at the other side. And he kind of, like, he gets an idea, he points the gun kind of at Mallory, kind of winks at him, and shoots the, uh, the, the thing, that kind of, like, thing like, don't worry, I'm not, <laughs> that kind of, that little, kind of, like, little character sort of break, they kind of think, yeah, they're kind of all right with each other now, even though it's, it's in just little seconds, but they're kind of, like, you know, it, On the it same wo- page. yeah, it works, it works really well, you know, so, yeah, just that, that's, that's the things I kind of really like about it. I like the Bond scene. Moment. And
2: again, it's that economy of movement. We we haven't had a great deal. of I liked all the pre-title action and everything. Wasn't so fond of the, the Shanghai stuff. Action-wise, I mean.
1: Yeah.
2: But Bond walking straight in, firing. And it's a gun, not a machine gun. It's a pistol. So it's not all Brosnan style. <laughs> Shoot him um, up. I like that. It's just, he's straight there and he's straight onto it. You know, and he's totally back. And he's, he's winking at Mallory, not just to say, um, don't worry, I've got a plan. But it's also a don't worry. Because bear in mind, Mallory was there watching him do these tests where he can't hit a fucking barn door. Yeah. No. So it's also that wink to say, don't worry, I'm me again. And then they get out and head <laughs> for the Deep 5
0: Bonnie Scotland.
2: Uh, she actually says, it is dropped in dialogue. She says to him, just us, no one else. She's basically said, like, I've created this problem. We'll we'll go somewhere private and sort this out. I don't think that necessarily mitigates it because she is the head of the security services. And frankly, um, why would she do that? Getting away from London, fine. But what, why necessarily a false trail? But at least it's covered in dialogue to say, um, right, we're going to go somewhere where it's just us. We have the home ground territory and he can't hurt anyone else. If it's him, he wants Um, we can get him to M, but it will just be her and Bond.
0: Mm. uh, Apart from, because with Bond all the way through the films, it's always been about very much a personal vendetta. I think apart from probably the Inspector, where it is the most personal of vendettas, um, this is probably about as personal as it gets in in terms of this film as well. Because it's literally just between Bond, Silver and M, nobody else. But it's pretty personal that she says that. And they do it you too in the DB5, making a welcome return. Welcome. I'm quite pleased to see it in this film. I was like, you know, 50th anniversary movie, let's get the DB5 in there,
2: let's do Hmm. it.
1: This is probably the thing I hate about most about the film.
0: This is what I don't like about Spectre, they do shoehorn it in there, and that really pissed me off. But here, I'm like,
1: yeah, let's see it.
2: They had a thematic reason for it here, we did say about the going back in time, it's perfect for that. And I think, well, okay. I just long for the day, I just remember going to see Goldeneye, and Tomorrow Never Dies for that matter, and it was just dropped in without much of a word. And it's like, oh, it's his car now. It's his own private car. What, they might have used it in the service in time gone by. Maybe it was his car in the service in time gone by. But you just see it dropped in is his own little private vehicle. I didn't hate it in the way that Chris did. I still don't think this, this is a patch on... Die another day for, like, fucking throwing in ridiculous amounts of references. Oh,
0: that's awful. That's ridiculous.
2: It just, isn't. it just isn't. You know, if you want to put the DB5 in fine and they use it, okay. They
0: destroy
2: it moments later. Was it welcome? Know. No, just because we're seeing too much of it now. It's like, since 1995... We've had it in the first two Brosnan films. You kind of see it on Satellite in the third one, but I won't count that. You've got it in Casino Royale. You've got it here. You've got it in Spectre. That's five of the last eight films. And before that, we hadn't seen it for 30 years.
1: It's just how it's just rammed down your throat. I'm fine with it being, because I thought it was really I thought it was really what nicely done in Casino uh, Royale, where it's just like, oh, he's got the old Aston Martin, and they're not doing away with all the kind of gadgets. That, that... Well,
2: it's just an Aston Martin. Yeah, it's, and yeah. it's like you can go, well, he's won a classic car.
1: Yeah,
2: and and by the way, it just doesn't matter you know, it's a nice little nod that it used to be something in the series.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. And also, the whole it's just the whole thing that acknowledged the gadgets, and that's what kind of makes me like, oh, why have you fucking done that? It's kind of humour that kind of. Doesn't it, it? It throws you off the film. It feels like something you would see in like a a, a skit in comic relief. No, it you throws
2: know. you off the film, Chris. I mean, I, I'm I'm sort of half agreeing with you in that like stop rolling this fucking car out now because you yeah. are fetishizing it. But at the same time, it throws you off the film. It, you find it much more jarring. I'm quite happy to go, but it's the anniversary film. If you're going to have an anniversary film, if you're going to have any nods into the film that is, to the fact that it is an anniversary film... But this way, we're
1: going to have anniversary film every two films. Every, every two or three films are going to be, oh, so it's the 60th anniversary, let's... let's no, no, again, an...
2: no, I take your point, I take your point, but Half a Century is a fairly big one, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you want to do something with that, they've done two things. Firstly, they have delve back into the origins of Bond in terms of his childhood... And they've just gone. There's the DB five, and to be honest, apart from his him hovering his thumb over the ejector seat, I was all right with it.
1: Yeah, they they pull out the machine guns and use it in the thing, and it's it and it and also there's the whole kind of like when it blows up. There's that kind of like oh, it's personal now. You know, it's this kind of like, yeah. and it's I don't think Bond would give a shit. I don't think I think that is purely there. To kind of like for the fans to go, like, oh no, nothing. Yeah, DVD, but I mean, uh,
2: uh, I mean the literary just, bond. The literary bond. To be fair, fucking jerked off over his Bentley.
1: It, it, it's just a bit too on the nose for me. I just it's it it and for a film that kind of like tries to be very serious and kind of like sombre and, and like you know very much like a Christopher Nolan type thing where you know mm. it tries to be yes, I'm very arty, but very like very say, look 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 this stuff. This is this the this is a much more higher standard than, than uh, your standard blockbuster, even though ignore the plot holes and all the rest of it, you know, and then just to throw in this, it just feels like, huh? what the fuck? You know.
2: You've got to remember, he's not just a filmmaker, he's a Bond fan too. <laughs> I didn't hate it like you hate it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. can't get excited over the DB5 because there's a couple of other Bond cars I prefer. You know, it's like, well, you know, my favourite film, put the fucking DBS in, I love it. <laughs> wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it be,
1: wouldn't it be great if it was like, if the, if, if, it, if the garage door went up and it was a Lotus...
2: No, a (laughs) 2CV. I would love it if it was the (laughs) 2CV. Or 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 Wet Nelly from The Spy Who Love Me and we (laughs) had to go down the tent with giving
1: her a crossbar. (laughs) Oh, God.
2: (laughs) Or... Or if it was in canon, the the push bike from from episode and, and, and she runs along the street while he goes. Uh, duh, duh. Uh. So no, I was all right with the DB five. And, and the, the bit where they arrive in Scotland is very pretty. I, I you know I can't get too excited over the look of this film, and it's way too London centric. I think I think one of the things I was thinking about the other day is. This film, this film series started off as a travel log. So it started off as you see Bond in some luxurious location and then he orders a breakfast you've probably never had. Like he rings up and asks for green figs and this, that and the other. And there's a bit of wish fulfilment in that. Now, as much as most people... Sorry, there is more widespread travel these days. The series is still going to a lot of places most people never go. And I think it's still... A fundamental element of the series, mm. even though it's not what it once was. And so putting the film so heavily in London does make it less exciting somehow. Yeah. Certainly, you know, the first time we hear the Bond theme, they're driving through London at night. So I don't think you literally see a kebab shop, but it's got that kind <laughs> of air to it. <laughs> Um, but when they arrive in Scotland, that is beautiful, admittedly.
1: Yeah. I I I don't have actually a problem with with it exits. That it's like a, a nice, refreshing change, as well. It's fine. I actually, it's one of the things I don't have a problem with. Um, but so yeah, it's yeah. I I, I get why, but it's, it's nice to it, it's nice to move out of London for the next film. Mm. Uh, I, I see that, rolling my eyes a little bit, because it's like, oh fuck's sake! London we'll so we'll talk about it on the next. <laughs> but, one. I mean, yeah. uh, it,
2: it, again, it's one of those things that it, you've got to try something different with this series now and again. Otherwise, you end up with tomorrow never dies every time. Now. Yeah, it, it's it's okay that Skyfall tries to do something different. How well it, it executes it, you can argue about. It, but the whole structure of this film is not that typical of a Bond film, um, but it still feels like a Bond film to me. And so I'm kind of pleased with it. But as soon as they get to London, as soon as they get to Scotland and the point about you weren't you didn't come from money. Bond never confirmed that that was just Vesper's supposition in the middle of Mm. making a lot of suggestions about what he is and where he's from. So we, we never actually heard the we never actually had it confirmed he came from poverty. So this was okay. But we get there and we get Albert Finney, fantastic actor. I love Albert Finney but the dialogue they give him is fucking dreadful. I mean, are you ready? I was ready before you were born. Really? You've put that in as dialogue. Honestly, I was born ready. Fuck off. (laughs) Um, um, All the preparing. I mean, it doesn't feel like Home Alone to me. It feels a lot more like Straw Dogs. But, you know, the whole preparing and doing the nail bombs in, in the light switches and all the rest of it, it's a bit like... They could have put the eighteen music over that.
1: <laughs> you know, you know yeah, when, they hole, it. Up, it really you know when
2: they hole up in a garage with a few milk bottle tops and come out and they built a tank out of it? Um, uh, that is exactly... They should have put... Listen, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, just,
1: listen, I'm just picturing Judy Dents putting on like a, a mask and getting a welder out.
2: And he goes there and they've got no guns as well, which yeah. made me laugh. He's
1: like, uh, Gun Rack, ah!
2: The film... Felt a bit like it was struggling for something to do. At this point, I just I didn't like I don't like the last third of this film very much.
1: It, it tried to make a like a last stand, really, wasn't it? it was kind of like I, I get I get where it was going, and it's, it's again it's different. Uh, yeah, try,
2: but try it. I, I
1: I think the, I think my problem is I think you've mentioned a few times the action isn't very good in this film really. It's not. Um, I mean there's a few impressive moments and. But the actual setup and. Well, it's not my really setup really. I think it's just how it's dealt with. I don't think Mendes is an action director. Uh, I think that's where the problem comes in. It's just very like. Yeah, okay. Um,
2: I don't know what that means in reality, though, because they've got a lot. They've got a ton of second. They've got a ton of second unit expertise there, and the pre-title stuff was all great, in my opinion. Yeah. So I, I don't really know. It's very difficult to have action before anyone turns up for you to fight.
1: Yeah.
2: And when they do turn up to fight, it's more of a sort of siege thing, anyway.
1: I think it doesn't help the fact that you know, on the good guys' side, you have uh, an elderly woman and gentleman you know like and and one one guy can do all the shit you know um it's 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 okay but you know it, i i i i know i kind of admire it for doing something different as well you know because stepping up like thinking outside the box and and how Michael, some... what
2: do you think of the last third of this film
1: um
0: home alone um <laughs> no it's the, the the title of this film is it's very much for me it's a film with T Hobbs because um, it just it there's a massive tonal shift um when they get to Scotland. It's completely different to the rest of the film. Um it just kind of just goes even further into kind of more like depressing, quite dirtiness. and you just think, oh it just becomes it's quite quite over overpowering and overwhelming to be honest. But I, I quite like um Albert Finney's Kincaid, he kinda of brings a bit of a breath of fresh air, really. I like the kind of line about, you know, jumped up a little shit things like yeah. that. I think that's, that's good that's that's funny. It's like Welcome to Scotland, you know, I think it's really funny. And I keep some calling em- Emma as well. That's that's hilarious. Um my only problem with him is like when when they get to the chapel at the end, um, and you get the kind of the death scene between M um, and Silver. Um, he's clearly there. He hasn't been shot. He hasn't been injured. He just stands there, staring, doing nothing. It's like, come on, man! You could have done something. You know, there's there's,
1: there's a point where like Silver actually sort of stops him in his tracks by shooting the wall. I was thinking, why well, don't Silver just shoot him? Why would yeah, he not he shoot him, shit? He's, he's
0: not injured. He's not injured by it as well. Yeah, why would um, he give a shit
1: if he lives or dies? You'd be like, oh, fucking. Yeah. No, he's
0: just he's obviously clearly shocked by it all. Fair enough. Um... Yeah, it's kind of, it's a little, little bit too long. But I just, I think like the, the action's quite the action's quite amazing and how they, they basically blow up the DB5. It's, it's very gratuitous, but it's just like, oh my God. um And then the, the stunt work and the model work with the house, where the chopper crashes into the house at the end, that's very well done. And um, again, the visual effects are really stunning. um And yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of quite depressing, quite dirty, but I think it's, it's yeah, everything and for the film, really.
2: I just couldn't get excited about any of this. The, yeah. the film... Lo- I lost interest after a poem, pretty much. It, yeah. I like the poem bit, by the way, but everything after that's a bit like, all right.
1: I, I think also, it doesn't help with the fact that Silver's plan has just been a little bit kind of all over the place. So it's like... Wait, so, he's, so he's Also, he's got like an, an army of henchmen to sort of swoop in. He's got helicopters. Like, where the... F- like, where's all this coming? None of this is kind of, like, established. It's like, you know, he's not even got, like, a... Well, he has got, late I suppose, but... The, you know, there's like how how has he done Has He just got like a team of crack mercenaries at his disposal. Like,
0: we don't even know who they are.
1: Yeah, it's just I don't understand. But it's not very really well established. But just, you know, um, but then again, you know, okay, he's got an exploding helicopter, which you know I like. Um, <laughs> you yeah, know, I'm very easily pleased. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a yeah, little, exactly. it, It's a little bit model. You know, it's a little bit kind of like when he, when M gets shot. And essentially, she was, well she's, effectively, she's already dead, so these whole kind of, same are kind of pointless. Um, you know, and it's, it, I, 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 mate, I don't know if it's interesting, or I don't know if it's just a little bit confusing, but whole, uh, Silver's whole, like, kind of, like, when he finally meets him, he's, like, a little bit like, what have they done to you? Oh, you know, it's just this kind of, like, I thought you wanted to kill him, mate. Just, you know. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand what the whole thing, and then, then he wants to die with her, and I'm like, okay, he's uh, it, just a little bit too crazy, and I don't quite get what his character is.
2: I think there can be a problem with these sorts of things, where the excuse is, yeah, but they're mad, and you yeah. go, yeah but, yeah, but they're mad means it doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah. There's an excuse to brush it under the
1: carpet.
2: Mm. So yeah. so, yeah, not not that impressed with all of this, to be honest with you. Um, we do get Judy Dench's death scene. I think that's all played very well by everybody.
0: Yes, it's very well handled. It's a very tender scene. And it's kind of just like, oh, you know, it's. it's I did I did cry a little bit. Oh, but I haven't, you know, it's not like Tracy, it makes me cry every single time. But it's just like, oh, you know, very yeah, sad. But at the very, very is
2: Tracy was fit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's handled really way, well. way sadder. <laughs>
1: Tracy was a fitty. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I Not mean, I I mean I, I I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't impressed by uh, Bond's uh, kind of poor fight. Like, last rat standing. It was just a little bit. Oh, okay, again. I don't mean, I know, I know. It ties in with like their their first meet encounter, but um, it's just. I don't know. I would have liked something like. Oh, we've got the point. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would have been a bit very cheesy,
0: doesn't it? I think even even at the end where he comes in and he's like. Um, Oh, I, was, I got into some deep water or something it's very cheesy Roger-esque one-liner which I mean it's its fine I don't mind it but it doesn't kind of really fit yeah. in I mean, that, considering you just had that I, I,
2: I, don't I, put a line there I,
1: I do like no exactly I, I do like however Silver's reaction when he does get a knife in the back he's like he, he looks more annoyed <laughs> he's like oh
0: yeah
1: it's more
0: irritated doesn't he when <laughs> yeah. angry,
1: it, upset. It, it, it kind of reminds me of Alan Ritman when like when, when, uh, in Robin of Prince of Bees when Kevin Crosser swings for the window and he just, like, he just looks like Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> you know, oh, it's kind you of, again? Uh, yeah, that kind of thing. But it, uh, that's like an interesting take. But um, yeah, um, but yeah, the, f- the few lines down, I thought, okay, yeah. not as bad as. Uh, what's your hobby? Resurrection. <laughs> that that's like the worst. And that's using the trailer as
2: well. Like... I, I, this is why initially I think I put, one of the reasons I put Spectre above this to start with. Whether it stayed there, we'll get to. But none of the lines work in this at all. I think the film's pretty good, but any stab at humour, no, don't work.
1: There were a few things like you know, with like um, with money panic at the beginning. You know when she's like, you know, when when she smashed the mirror, it's like I wasn't using that mirror but anyway. And she's like, smashed it again. It's like I wasn't using that one either. That that kind of things I like. You know That
2: yeah, was alright. Yeah, but everything pre-title was brilliant. I yeah. genuinely, you know, could have been made by a different filmmaker. Yeah. I don't dislike Sam Mendes at all, but, like, the the quality pre- and post-title sequence is, like, slightly different. But, yeah. But, so, yeah. then, so M's dead. Yeah. That's all done. Bond yeah. gets a nice present of the Bulldog <laughs> that you just thought was so well-trailed. Yes. And it's
1: bobbins, because I, I was literally, I spent the first few um, times watching the film not picking up on that. So I'm like, well, obviously it's not very well kind of established, you know, it's only, like, very recently. I thought, oh, that's a bulldog thing. Right, okay, well, surely that should make a bit more of a thing if you're going to make a big thing of it at the end, you know? But, mm. uh, yeah, so yeah, we, we find out that uh, Eve decides to stay at her job as a, a receptionist to the new M, who uh, we, we are aching to find out who it is.
0: You'll never guess You'll never guess in
2: this movie It's Robert Brown, he's back (laughs) Back from the dead Yeah I once I could tell I was nitpicking badly Because I like the new office and everything else Same as the old office sort of thing But there's only one door That pissed me off
0: Yeah, what's up with that?
2: It's meant to be a fucking double door, isn't it?
0: Uh, It's just the one, Damn it. Uh, A
1: double O
2: for a double O Yeah, but I love that sequence back in there. He plays down the fact he's been hurt, you know, because he's never been in the field before, which we know isn't true. Ready to get back to work on a sort of for your yeah. eyes only kind of thing. With with pleasure, Em. With pleasure. Yeah. Love
1: it. I love Just, that. I, yeah, I, I, like, I was actually excited for um, Ralph Ryan's Em. It was like, oh, he looks like a, a perfect, like, almost like a classic take on M coming back. He mm. got the Well, old basically,
2: basically anything that reminds me of Bernard Lee on the life.
1: It's like, no-nonsense, like, uh, like, oh, it's like, oh, shaking off his injury, going, oh, well, you know, this whole thing, no, oh, no, anyway, lots to be done, you know, and it's very much, like, authoritative, kind of, like, no-nonsense, you know, let's get, let's get to it, 007, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I really can't yep. wait to see the next film, we'll see what they, we'll see what they take off, cause it's like, yes, Bond, Bond is officially back, and then we get the gun barrel, where well, it shouldn't be, but we get the gun barrel again.
2: Yeah, where he comes out and, like, breaks into the robot, or something, yeah. <laughs> That's, that turn is weird, it's really robotic But hey, it's the gun barrel Yeah
0: I,
1: I, I, 50 yeah, is. yeah. 50,
0: it looks like a slightly different um, gun barrel as well And Doesn't he wear like a, a grey suit Or something, instead of like, a black suit it's I, slightly think so. different. I think so
2: Well they they do vary anyway, they don't all wear tuxes
0: No, but uh, it, it looks stylish It's very, it's all very quick, it's very punctuary But it's very
2: stylish yeah. it, It's quite similar to the Spectre one But the Spectre one's a bit better, it's a bit less um, yeah. stiff but, um, yeah, so that was Skyfall.
1: Becca? Yeah? Have you got any fun facts for us? Yes, I do.
2: It's party time! Come on, call Jack back! i 50, 50!
0: 50, 50. 50, 50, 50. <laughs> 50, 50. <laughs> okay, so... Whatever you do, don't call that number. <laughs> you can't be held responsible for any shooting phone bills or any rocketing phone bills. But no, I have got a couple of fun facts about Skyfall this week for you people. So, um, Silver's Island is actually Gunkanjima or Hashima Island in Japan, and it's a real abandoned island in Japan that you can go visit, should you want to. Fun um, Fact number two, Judy Dench has more screen time in this film as M than Desmond Llewellyn as Q in any of his movies
2: is that what you mean in total
0: in total yes so, you, you, you see a, so if you I'm add up all, more in
2: this of film, the then... all of the Q appearances Judy Dench does more in this one film
0: in theory yes I haven't actually done the calculations myself but this is kind of what I'm led to believe through watching all the movies
1: I, I, I do wonder the people who actually measure that like like who, who actually sits there and measures the, literally the amount of time <laughs> they're on screen
0: me I should do with my, my stopwatch <laughs> I don't have a life
2: (laughs) I always Um, thought they missed a trick With the letter Q Because you know like You know like an X is a kiss Yeah So when you write a kiss you write it as an X I always thought Q would be a perfect Particularly a capital Q Would be a perfect sort of blowjob sign (laughs) (laughs) So you could just put love And blowjobs (laughs) Or whatever and put Q instead of X.
0: I thought this is B and J were invented for.
2: Um Well there you are, gu you know, Hey, you folks.
1: Yeah, not there, you got some new tip. So you know for That's the next l- alternate alternate fun fact. Put it for to the next Valentine's Day card. <laughs>
2: yeah. Ladies, stick a Q on
1: X using Q's that
2: day <laughs> And he'll show you his cat Oh
0: dear. Carry on, better. <laughs> anyway. All my fun facts are downhill after this point. Oh dear! Um, fun fact number three, as we already mentioned, um, M's house or the exterior of it is former jo- former home of um, Bond maestro John Barry, which is very interesting. That's fun, um, folks. <laughs> I've got two more. Where that came from? Fourth fun fact: the art department used three D printing for the first time in the Bond me- in Bond series for Skyfall, um, creating lots of different Aston Martin replicas. So I think that's quite interesting. And then Bond fact number five. Sun coordinator Gary Powell used 20 different bikes for the famous bazaar uh, Grand Bazaar rooftop chase scene as seen in the pre-title sequence. So there's my top five bum facto.
1: Yeah, I'll
0: be back next week with again. more.
1: Come on, Carl, chat back! 50, 50! 50, 50, 50! 50, 50, 50! 50,
0: 50. 50, 50, 50, 50. Just also because there's um there's a local taxi firm whose also who number also happens to be fifty 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 so that's quite amusing.
2: Yeah, they're, oh, okay. <laughs> they're offering a party time.
0: <laughs> I might put them onto our podcast if you listen to this <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus! But yeah, whatever you do, don't give that number a call. Um, you'll it may not be it may be obsolete, and we don't be responsible by any skyrocketing phone bills.
2: If you're dumb enough to call that number, you're a twat anyway. So we don't care <laughs> We put a silly little fucking jingle on because we have no musical talent whatsoever so we couldn't make our own up. So we copied a chat line thing off YouTube from the fucking early nineties and you've gone, Oh fucking call that. See if Becca's got any more fans. <laughs> Get everything you fucking deserve. <laughs> someone bringing up to ask Becca where the fucking water in Bolivia's gone. Who's <laughs> drunk it? I've <laughs>
1: gone. I've hey. none left. Unless it's, out mo- unless it's out of morbid curiosity to see if it still works or something. But you know. Yeah, part of me was yeah, stylish, and part ends,
2: part of cost, like, no. Well, you know, the chances are, if it is still connected, it will cost you like a few pence. <laughs> if someone has repurposed it and it costs you 275 quid, bigger fucking fool you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I think kind of, yeah, with social media and everything, chat went, chat lines have gone out the, well, it's like a sexy chat line, but like, you know, those kind of party lines have kind of gone out the window, I think, so. But anyway, I'll be back next week with more fun facts.
1: <laughs> okay, well, that's Skyfall, folks, so uh, where's that leave us, so, uh are we, what 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 we doing next week?
2: We're doing some Charlie. <laughs> yeah, we've got um, Charlie <laughs> when Films on And we finish with that, we're going to have a bit of a dance, we're going to have Charlie Brigden on the show. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so basically we're doing the last of our music episodes, uh, where we'll be covering the. Is it the? Is it's it...
2: from it's the Living Daylights onwards.
1: Oh, okay. So we'll be talking Brosnan. Uh, yeah. Okay. Great.
2: We're talking Dalton Brosnan and Craig.
1: Yeah, and then after that we're doing. Is it Spectre commentary?
2: The review, the, the reviewmentary.
1: Yeah, mashing up.
2: And then we're going to rank all of the Bond films, now including Spectre.
1: Yeah. Uh, which we I, I've 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 made my list. I've made my I've list. I've made mine. It's final. Um, it might change. It, I, I think I might have to watch a few Bond films just to kind of like, you know. Uh,
2: okay so we're doing the rankings episode in september folks we've got to give chris three months to watch all the films <laughs> no i've still got
0: to do one I, I did my ranking a while ago um but it, it may change in between then and now so i need to i've got a list but it's not finalized yet so i need Rebecca's
2: to because not, you're not selling this as definitive right all the way through the series you've got oh it changes all the time i keep changing my mind oh, i can go anywhere and then we're <laughs> going to get to the ranking episode and you'll go at number six is <laughs> we go, well, bollocks. You'll change it tomorrow. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to be a bit more declarative about this, Becca. This is my fucking list. I will. I'm definitive. going to finalise it, and it will and be the right. ultimate list.
1: it, will be laminated. So therefore,
0: it
2: will be laminated. Laminated on your wall. Can't change.
0: Yeah. No, but By the time you hear it, it will it so it yeah. no, but, no, it, it'll be my definitive list. And you can, if you want, you can copy and paste it, print it out, shove it on your wall, hang it on your fridge, do what you want with it.
1: Becca, I'll give you a ten report. Eat, uh number one. <laughs>
0: no.
2: A, a ten. Only if, Dave,
0: if, Dave, if, Dave, if you think it's number
2: one. Look at hell, you're a high roller, aren't you? <laughs> I know
0: it's not gonna happen. He mm. said.
1: Mm, I know where I've right.
2: put I know where I've put octopusy. It's not top. <laughs> it's not Great.
1: It's, it, is it more number my chance? <laughs> is it more number two. Th- it's it's my number two. It
2: it's <laughs> it is number two, but it's not second. <laughs>
0: No, I've
1: seen your list. I know where it comes
2: where it comes. You have seen my list, yes. I've seen
1: your list. I know where. it comes. I
2: haven't seen either of your lists. They've both seen mine. They know what they know. My ranking.
1: We do. We do. Uh, it should. It should. It should be. It should be a fun final episode, I think, because uh, we'll have like, are you fucking nuts? Uh, <laughs> mixed with like, <laughs> ooh, Yeah. Uh Day number one. Chris.
2: Chris, Chris, is extremely worried about one or two he's placed. One, he said, I've got, I've, got, I've put, he's got no right to be there. <laughs> he's got no right to be there, oh dear. Like, All right, okay, we'll wait and see on that one then. So, you know, I look forward to seeing you die another day at fourth or something.
0: Top <laughs> five. <laughs>
2: yeah. No yeah, idea. Laughed oh, a bit knowing like... there, didn't he? <laughs> in, a,
1: in, a, in a bit, octopussy number number ten. Uh... No, yeah, no, no, no. It's, trust me, it's, it's not anywhere near that bad, but yeah, there's a few uh, surprising uh, things. I'm, I'm going to have to uh, watch just a few key films that I'm unsure about to find out if, um, if I prefer them over one or the other. So uh, that's what I mean by I have to watch a few. But
2: what it's... he means is he's, he's going to go and watch, like, The Dreamers, just as wider reading for Casino <laughs> Royale. <laughs> <laughs> and after he's finished, he's gone. Yeah, I'm perfectly satisfied. <laughs> <because the other laughs> I'm very satisfied. <laughs> and on that note <laughs> uh, So anyway,
0: where can you be found notes. on social media, people?
1: Uh you can find me on Twitter at Cinematronics. Uh you can also find uh this podcast on my website, cinematronicsco.uk dot UK. Uh where you can also find uh other podcasts which I do, uh Cinematronics podcasts and uh hopefully the Action Junkies will be coming back with uh, new episodes soon, so Yes. Mm. Uh subscribe, listen, check it
2: out. You can find me at the Pastor Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter.
0: And you can find me at Twitter at RVMovies. But more importantly, you can find us at Twitter on at to On Facebook.com slash to Talk. Also you can email us to Talk at gmail dot com.
2: And you can also find us on YouTube, folks. We do put the episodes and teasers for the episodes up there.
1: Yes. Definitely. So yeah, well, this is kind of like, we're coming to the end, we're only, what, three episodes left?
2: Yeah, that is the end of, of sort of films we have to research, if you like. You know, we, we, we've we been watching the sort of legacy films and watching bonus features and all the rest of it. All we've got left to do is Spectre. That's, we're going to watch it as we're talking to you anyway, so it's more of a commentary, mm. but we might fill in some more on our thoughts and so on. Yeah. But as we did two and a half hours on it, I don't think we've got another full review in us on it.
1: So we'll we'll basically fill in the blank, see if anything changed and just reiterate what we feel. Mm. Uh, And well, we'll, Basically, it's what we do. We just press record, start talking and see what happens. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, and with that... Becca! Yes, as to talk, we'll return with
0: the final part of Music of Bond featuring Charlie Brigden.